The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I am Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Onofrio, and we have breaking news coming in uh, this morning as Aaron Rodgers has tested positive for COVID-19, and he will be out in this Sunday's game against the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Jordan Love and Jordan Love gets his first start against the two-time defending AFC champions. I know this is not as – they're definitely not as good as they've been the last two years, but still very, very tough spot to get your first start. In, in, uh, against against the Kansas City Chiefs, especially at, 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 at Arrowhead Stadium. So it should be very, very interesting at 425 on Sunday and 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 and, uh, get, and getting into this game. And obviously with Rodgers out, I think the Kansas City Chiefs, I think the way the Chiefs are going to play this game is I think they're going to take away Aaron Jones because we don't even know if Devontae Adams is going to play. I think what you do if you're the Chiefs is you force Jordan Love to beat you. I don't care if Devontae Adams is on the field. You play. I still think. I think you play man coverage. You make sure Tyron Matthew is in the box, and and you do whatever you can do to force Jordan Love to, to win this game. And in this game, I, I think this is a really, real. I think this now this is a this is a this is a very close competitive game. I, I think that the Packers will play that too high. Co- to, will keep their safeties deep, just like the Giants have done. Just like every team has done against Kansas City, because Kansas City refused. They, they they did a better. They did a better job running the football on Monday night. But they refuse to take those crossing routes. They refuse to take those short routes. They continue to throw the ball deep, which is beyond me. Kansas City's got to start adjusting to the coverages that the defenses are playing against them. So I do think, but I do think in this game that Mahomes will start taking some of that stuff. I think Kansas City will have success on the ground in this game. I think they'll be able to move the football. I think they'll definitely be able to move the football in this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes right now, he's not been as good. I do think he's still. I think I don't think he's 100. I think he's still banged up from that turf toe, and I think. 
because I've seen him under pressure. He just is, hasn't been the same quarterback, you know, this year under pressure. He just hasn't been. I saw, and you saw it Monday night. He was, he was inaccurate when he was under pressure. He hasn't been the same quarterback this year. I just don't think he's 100%. I think this is a close competitive game, but I think the difference in this game is Kansas City is going to control time of possessions. And Patrick Mahomes is going to make less mistakes than 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 uh, than Jordan Love. I think just like the Chiefs did last week, I think they're going to force that turnover. They're going to they're going to they're going to uh, contain the running game of Aaron Jones. They're going to force a turnover from, over from from Jordan Love, and that is ultimately going to be the difference. And that's why I got Kansas City going to five and four and beating the uh, be- beating the Green Bay Packers twenty six twenty. But Justin, can Jordan Love in his first start go into Harrowhead and lead the Packers to their eighth straight win? I think they can. I have the Packers win this game 27-24. I'm not too confident, but I think – and I think you're right. I think Kansas City's going to stack the box and make Jordan Love beat them. But I think, you know, I still think that the Packers, even with that, has still a running game with Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. I think they could do enough still. Yeah, you know, who knows if Devontae Adams is going to play. I feel a little bit better if Devontae Adams plays as well. Because, um, again, it gets that secondary. I think you get a big day if Jordan Love can't give him the ball. But yeah, this Rogers, a you know huge loss to this team. But I think if they can take care of the football, um, you know they, they have a chance in this game because I think the Packer defense is going to give them is going to keep them in this game. They're, the defense has played really really well. You saw the last week in Arizona. Um, you know, I think they're ranked like sixth overall. It, you know, like I, and I just want to mention you know what you mentioned with the Chiefs offense. It just seems like the Chiefs offense right now they're just playing backyard football. Like it, it seems like it's just street ball right now. You know, with all the deep passes, and they don't want to take anything short. It just, it just seems like they're playing street ball. And I don't know if that's going to change. So I think the Packers could force a couple of turnovers in this game, help out Jordan Love with a couple of short fields. And I'm going to take the Packers. I just don't really like how the Chiefs are playing. And again, if they don't change their ways, like again, I could maybe see them winning eight, nine games. But that's about it. I just with how with their defense, I don't think they're they're not that great of a team right now. Um, the way they're playing. They got lucky there at night. Yeah, they found a way to win, but I think the Packers can come out of airhead and get a win. And and, and we got a comment from Hector. So you don't think so it's directed at me. So you don't think Love can do what Cooper Rush and Mike White do and win? He's right. No, he very easily can. They very very easily can do what he do what he did. I just feel like I feel like in this game, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a really close game either way. Even with Cooper Rush, like I had the Packers winning this game by ten, by double digits with Aaron Rodgers, but I do think it's going to be a close game with Jordan Love. I think it's going to be close. But first start in a tough place to play. I grant he's playing a really bad defense, but first start in a tough place to play. I just don't see it happening. But there's but there's still a, but there's still a there's still a very and I could be wrong. And the, and the and and the Packers can win this game and and can win their eighth straight because Kansas City is just not the same team this year. No, absolutely, they're not. And you know, Jordan Love, he's played at the Valley. You know, he's played at LSU. He's been in some tough environments. Granted, yeah, it was college. Um, but yeah, the, you know, I think Hector's right. I'm like. Even Trevor Simeon last week, who thought, you know, when he came in, he was a knockoff Tom Brady in the Bucks last week. So it, it was the week of the backup quarterbacks last week. And I, I could totally see it happen. Yeah. To be a tough environment, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it. Um, you know, are they going to have to go on some silent counts, you know, um, with the crowd level there? You know, they can't really all out. So, yeah, it'll be interesting, but I think he can have success. You know, I, the, the Chiefs love the blitz anyways. Most of the time, so you know they're going to be pressure. Out, pressure, you know they're going to you know get them under pressure a lot in this game. But you know if Jordan Love did have some turnover issues at Utah State. I think five or six of or four or five of their interceptions senior year. 
where like Hail Mary's kind of did in the half or ended the game stuff. But, you know, the accuracy was kind of a problem. He's got the arm strength, but I think he can go in in this game and play well like a Mike White did or a um, Cooper Rush did last week. As, you know, because I think their defense keeps them in it. And I'll, I'll, I'll take Jordan Love to make a player two against Kansas City defense this week. Biggest key to this game is going to be can Kansas City contain the running game of Aaron Jones? They're not facing Devontae Booker. They're facing Aaron Jones, one of the better running backs in the league. So if they can contain – if they don't contain that running game, if Aaron Jones has a big week, has over you know 100 yards on the ground, even without Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay has a great chance to win. Because last week without Devontae Adams, they ran they ran the ball against Arizona. That's why they won this game. If they could have a big game on the – if Green Bay could have another big game on the ground, they have a very good chance to win this game. Yeah, absolutely. And even – you know, absolutely, because yeah, they, they did that last week. And then even um, A.J. Dillon had a really nice week. You know, it seemed like a lot. They put him in there on third down, third and two. You know, third and three, and he was able to pick up that first down because he was a tough guy to bring down. Like, even bringing, like, an A.J. Dillon on a third and short to bring him in, um, you know, give Jones, like, a breather for a minute. Um, both those guys ran hard last week. They both played really well, and you know, um, to go, you know, because Arizona's defense has been pretty good all year. It's one of the best. So, yeah, so if they could keep the run – or, yeah, the Packers can stay um, – keep Mahomes off the field and run the football effectively, I think, you know, the Packers definitely have a good shot winning this game. Absolutely. should be very, very interesting what happens at 425 on Sunday afternoon on Fox. That's going to be a really, really interesting game. But we got to get to the trade deadline. And we got and there was a huge it was a huge move by the uh, by the Denver Broncos and, and the Rams. They, had, they, they, they made a trade. Uh, Von Miller was traded to the Rams for a couple for a couple first round picks. And for, I mean, a couple second round picks. And and I'm telling you, the Rams defense right now. With Von Miller, with Leonard Floyd, with Aaron Donald, with Jalen Ramsey, with with Daryl Williams, I think this right now, obviously, I think they're back. Because last, I think they slipped off a little, slipped up a little bit defensively this year. They weren't great against the run, so I think their defense was still in the top five. But I think they're back to being the top defense in football uh, with this move. I, I think this is a. Re- I know Von Miller isn't this isn't the 2015 Von Miller, but Von Miller is still really really good. I, I still was the best player on the Broncos. One of, still one of the best players in the Broncos defense. And uh, I think with this trade, the Rams are the best defense in the league. The question is, are they the best team in the NFC? Are they the team that, that – do you think they're – is there – can they host the Super Bowl in their home stadium? I think they have a very good chance to. But still, I still just can't go against Tom Brady. And Matthew Stafford still hasn't won a playoff game. So, for me, I still have the Bucks going to the Super Bowl. But, Justin, the question is, with this trade – are the Rams a favorite to get to the Super Bowl in the NFC? I think they are. I think, you know, they're the most complete team right now. Right, Them in the air in the Cardinals, I think, are right there. And I kind of give them the edge over Arizona because of coaching. Why well, McVay? Uh, and I know Stafford, yeah, has not won a playoff game. But, and I know, but it's like, you, you just kind of see what's going on with Troy and how he was eight games there, uh, you know, just to pull out. You know, some of those years may have four or five wins in Detroit. It's pretty impressive. So, I, you know, I like the Rams, you know, get, adding Von Miller, who I know he's not the same guy, but didn't he win defensive player of the month in September? Like, he had a pretty good yeah, month. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. September. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're not getting the same guy that you had four or five years ago, but you're still getting a good player, a good pass rusher, because their secondary, I know, has been a little suspect at times. So, you add another pass rusher, take some pressure off that secondary. It's going to help even more for this defense. I think, you know, it's one of the best defenses, you know, in the league. 
you know, if they can get the running game going on offense a little bit more, I know they've been banged up, but you now they have Henderson back. They have Sony Michelle as a backup. So I and Cooper Cup's having a tremendous year right now. So I, I think the Rams are. I think coaching wise, I think, you know, I know their division's tough and they still, you know, have to play Arizona again. I believe they still have the Seahawks, you know, they play Seahawks again, the Niners still. Um, but I know they have a couple easy games, like even this weekend or they're not this weekend, but I think they have Jags in a few weeks. We're going to find out a lot because I know they, they're at the Niners next week and then they have a bye before Green Bay. So we're going to find out a lot more about this Rams team. But right now I think they are the best, best team in the league right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's debatable. I just – I don't trust – in a big game, in a big spot, I just don't trust this quarterback. And, yeah, you want to bring up, you know, he was not – you know, he in Detroit, you know, he won four or five uh, – he, he, did, he did a really good job. He was a good quarterback. He wasn't – he's not – Stafford is a good quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback, and he proved that in Detroit. Because, you know, he did he did for four years have Dominican Sue and Calvin Johnson in his prime and didn't win a playoff game. If you were supposed to be that good – you win playoff games in this league. This is a quarterback-driven league. It's been for the last decade. If you're that good, you win. Play, you win playoff games. And I just, I just can't. I, I like Matthew Stafford. I just can't say a team with Matthew Stafford is the favorite to go to go to the Super Bowl. Because if you go back to, to one of his playoff losses, he had a, like a he had a he had a, a, a ten point lead in that playoff game against Dallas, and he had the ball in his hands, and he didn't get the job done against the Cowboys. So yes, I, I think he's in the best situation in his career with the coaching and the roster. But I just still, I just still. With Matthew Stafford at quarterback, I still can't say that team is a Super Bowl favorite. A Super Bowl favorite. I still am going with the Bucks. Yeah, I, I see That's why. I just say. worry more. You know, and I I hear you because yeah, absolutely. You know, Tampa Bay with don't trust their defense. I you know I can't. It'll be interesting because the Saints have found ways to kind of make Brady vulnerable, and I don't know if there's you know the other teams like a Ram or Arizona kind of do what the Saints did and um, kind of buy them. Because I just, you know, I just don't trust the Bucks defense. Because if there is a day like Sunday where the Bucks can't get a big stop on defense, you know, and Brady does stuff into their trouble. And I think, you know, Stafford can, you know, throw a pick or two, you know, and still have a chance with how good this defense is. And I don't know if Brady has that down at Tampa Bay. Um, because, yeah, I know they did not um, – they haven't seen him a ton of the playoffs, and I know – but I think, you know, being in Detroit, I don't, you know, coaching-wise wasn't great. And I know he they blew that 10-point league against Dallas. They probably should, they won that game. But I think this is a – he's a different guy now being in L.A. It's, it's com- most complete roster he's been in. He hasn't been tested. But I, I know. I think he's in the best, you know, best spot that he's ever been in, being in L.A. And I think he, he – you know, and I think if they can get that running game a little bit going a little bit more, because he never had that in Detroit. He never had a running game. And I think, too, he blew a 10-point lead because he couldn't run the ball ever. And I think that was part of it. So that they kind of blew that game. So now he's kind of got a running game. If they can get that even more and they can use it more off a of play action, I, I really like this Rams team to go along with the playoffs. And we got a comment from Hector. I feel the environment change can make a difference for Stafford to make a playoff run. Very easily can. Very easily can. And I think they're they're definitely a Super Bowl contender. They're just not my favorite. They're just not my favorite to, to go to the Super Bowl. They're a Super Bowl contender. Absolutely. And they're a lot of people's top team in the NFL right now. But they're just not my favorite to go to the to go to the Super Bowl. I like experience in the postseason. That's why that's why I like 
teams like the Buccaneers. I like Tom Brady. I like experience in the postseason. I like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I just like experience in the postseason. I just don't think Rod Stafford has an has enough has had enough success in the postseason to to beat a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers in the postseason. But I do like the Rams. I do like the Rams roster. Uh, and, and Jared puts a comment about about Dallas. We'll, we'll get to Dallas, okay? Yeah, I know there's I know they're playing well. They're six. They're six and one. But who is the best team Dallas has beaten so far? They, they, they've, they, the best team they've beaten has been the Chargers. And I know very impressive performance Sunday night with Cooper Rush. And this, this defense definitely improved. I mean, Micah Parsons, I think, has made the big – I think he's made an even bigger difference than Trayvon Diggs. Micah Parsons has been outstanding on that defense. Trayvon Diggs has been good. Dallas is a complete team. I just think the coach could, could end up being the issue down the line with the Cowboys. But looking at the NFC – I mean, all I mean, the outside of Buffalo, all five of those teams in the NFC are clearly better than the second best team in, in, in the AFC. And Jared made a comment: impressive going against Tampa opening night too. Yes, very, very impressive going against Tampa. I think the Cowboys are are, are in the mix. They're just not my. They're again just like just like the Rams. They're just not my favorite. I just don't think if you, if if you look if you look longest. I, I know they have the longest active winning streak in the NFL. I get it, but. They have not proven that they, they played well against Tampa, but they haven't beaten a top team yet. You look at teams like Arizona; they beat they beat in the uh, they they beat in the Rams. They crushed the Rams uh, on their home field. Uh, you you look at you look at the Packers; they beat Arizona. You look at the Buccaneers; I know they haven't beaten a great they they they, they beat they beat they, they beat the Cowboys at home. So they they the Cowboys just haven't beaten a top team yet. Once they do that. I will I, I will put them I do have them in the, I do have them in the top five but I would maybe put them ahead of you know a Tampa Bay a, 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 a Rams a Cardinals a Packers but right now I don't I have them in the top five and I don't have them ahead of those teams I know they're six and one I know they're playing great I just don't have them ahead of those teams right now yeah for Dallas right now yeah um they haven't been any great I know again you won Sunday night against you know Minnesota but you know, after that first drive, Minnesota was became predictable in every single possession. It was run first, second down, throw the ball. And then they kept trying to run that bootleg, and Dallas just kept snuffing it out every time. I thought it was horribly coached by Mike Zimmer and the Vikings. You know, but look, they still won the game. You know, they still found a way to win the game. They got the fuel. They've been really good. And with their schedule, not unrealistic that the Cowboys can go 14-3 and three, or 14-3 and three or 15-2. and two. It's really not, and they can lock up that that buy in a one seed, and who knows? Because that deep rush, um, he's been so key for him so far. You know, they found a way to win. Um, yeah, I see uh, Hector's comment. That's what I'm trying. Yeah, Hector's to comment, and, and it's exactly trying to explain it to people. Yeah, the this is the, the Dallas Cowboys, and people get there's a misconception about Man. the Cowboys for years. They're, they're they've never they've never been a joke. They've always they've always been a pretty they've always been a talent they've always been a talented team they've always usually with the when the quarterbacks stayed healthy been at least, been a team that's won at least half their games the problem with the Cowboys is they've never had a great coach I mean I mean Wade Phillips was a below average coach Garrett was an average coach at best and Mike McCarthy is not looking like a great coach I know they're six and one but it's not looking like a great coach so far they've they've just played they've Dak has been better than I mean they've just played teams they've had more talent than so we've seen this movie before with the Cowboys when when they. I'm just saying, in Jared, since Jimmy Johnson, since since '93, since Jimmy Johnson, that, that that's what I mean. I mean, that's what I meant in the Jerry since Jimmy Johnson. That that, that that's what I mean. Yes, I, I know. I say, yeah, I misspoke there. The Cowboys haven't had a great coach. I, I 
I know. Yes, yes, end of the list. Yes, since Jimmy Johnson, they haven't had it. They have. They they, they they outside of Parcells when after Jimmy left, they really haven't had a great coach. And we've seen this movie before with the Cowboys. We saw it in 2007 when they were the number one seed and they lost in the divisional round. We saw it in 2014 when they lost in the divisional round again when they went 12 and four. And then we saw it again in 2016 when they lost in the divisional round. This team has all has been good. They've never been great in years, and I think the biggest reason why is they've never had they've never had great coaching. And I think it could come back to bite them again because you could argue all four, maybe outside of Cliff Kingsbury, but out of those top teams, all four of those coaches are better that are better than Mike McCarthy. Yeah, you could. I think Cliff's probably the only one he's better than. 13 game. I know he's not the greatest, but they, they have won 13 games his first few years at Green Bay. So I probably put him ahead of or you know ahead of both of them. But um, yeah, you know they the Cowboys look. You know they they find ways to lose. You know they usually in the playoffs the last you know few years. Yeah, they haven't had that coach that can kind of make the right kind of guy coaching some of those games. Which that's problematic. You could do that again with McCarthy, but look, yeah, they've taken care of business. They've done everything they had to do. They gave Tampa Bay all they could handle with a couple guys out of that game. Um, you know, they've they've gotten the breaks and they've been able to win these games. Games and uh, Jared's comment, nineteen ninety one. No, 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 no. That 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 was an eight, that was an eighty nine that was an eighty nine. They went one and fifteen. Their lone win was against the Cowboys in ninety one. The Cowboys, yes, they beat Washington, but the, but that Cowboy team in ninety one got to the divisional round and lost to the Lions thirty eight to six. You can look that up. So yeah, no, that, that that's I mean that's not that that that's that's not that, that that's not accurate. The Cowboys that year they went one and fifteen. I know they beat Washington, but they uh. 80, Jared has an 89. And in 89, Washington didn't, didn't win the Super Bowl. 91, they won the Super Bowl. And and uh, Dallas gave them their only loss in 91, and Dallas lost in the divisional round. And we got a comment from Jace. Cowboys only have three more games against opponents above 500, Raiders, Saints, and Cardinals. They are going to be a contender, but I'm not sold till they win a playoff game. And 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 and, and, and uh, Jace is right. Jace is right. I mean, I think I think this is obviously a a a very good Dallas team, but you know when when they when they play the Rams, they're not going to. There's 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 no team in, in there's no team in that uh, NFC. Any of these four teams: the Rams, the Cardinals, the Bucks. Rams, Cardinals, Bucks, or Packers that they clearly have the better coach or quarterback. When they play the Rams, they definitely don't have the better coach. When they play the Cardinals, they probably don't have the better quarterback. When they play the Packers, you could argue they don't have the better coach or quarterback. And when they play the Buccaneers, you could argue the same. They don't have the better coach or quarterback. So against any of those top four teams, they don't clearly have the better coach or quarterback against any of them. No, they don't at the moment. And, you know, and I think, you know, that you need kind of the top quarterback or, you know, you need that quarterback or coach to kind of get you over the top at times of tough games because, yeah, you know, because it's like where are they really going to be balanced? It's like, you know, Casey, or Casey on the road is going to be, you know, a test. You know, they still have them coming up in about two weeks. You know, who knows about the Raiders now with the Rugs news? Who knows what's going to happen there with them? But, yeah, the Saints are going to be a good one. We're going to find out a lot about them week 17. It's a Cardinal. So think guys. And I got a comment from Jared. Bet, might have the best defense side from the Rams. Defense side, the Rams. Uh, their run defense. Uh, is I, 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 secondary. Yeah, their run I defense is good. I, 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 I might. I might so. uh, 
I, 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 I still say the Buccaneers. I still say the Buccaneers by a little bit, just because of how good the Buccaneers still have a really good front seven. I would still, I still go the, I still go the Rams, the Bucks, but definitely. But and then the Packers went healthy. They get Zedaria Smith, and they get a, uh, and 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 they get a, uh, uh, Jari Alexander back. They they arguably might even have a better defense too. And the Cardinals' defense is pretty good as well. So I, I still think I would. You could argue that, but. I might disagree with the uh, with with the with the Packers and the Bucks there. And Packers went healthy in the Bucks. Yeah, you know, I I will say, yeah, I probably still put them behind those teams. Again, they've made the biggest jump defensively. They've been the biggest surprise defensively. I see. And and and, and, and we got a comment, comment, comment on that. Yeah, um, no, we got top five. Oh, minutes, uh, I mean. Less, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Trent Dilfer, Joe Flacco, and Jim McMahon have won Super Bowls. I'm, I'm throwing Trent Dilfer and Jim McMahon out of there. Football was totally different in the early 2000s and, and the and the night in 1985. That that, that 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 that's a totally different game. Joe, your point on Joe Flacco. The Ravens are an outstanding organization. That's probably one of the top organizations in all of football. And they have a and they have a great and they have, have and John John Harbaugh is one of the top coaches in, in the league. The Cowboys organization is not as great. And uh, and they don't have one of the top coaches in the league. So, yeah, yeah, and, and it's a good point. The cow and, and and to recap, the Cowboys are a Super Bowl contender. They're just not my favorite because of the schedule they play, and they don't have and they probably have the worst coach outside of, outside of those top five teams. That's just my that's my point. That's my take on the Cowboys. Yeah, I think they're they, they're right. They totally have a chance to make the Super Bowl. I, you know, they're defender. Yeah, I'm with you i just need to see him win i really have to be successful in the playoffs and until then i, I need to see it and i guess you know you know can they, again if they get the one seed then you know it's things either that everybody's got to go through dallas to go get to them but again those wildcard teams you know you're arizona you, you know i know because again getting that one season be important for them because that means you're staying away from arizona or or um la more than likely in the first, in the uh, in the divisional round, so if they get that one seed, it's kind of stay away from them. Um, and I agree, Jerry. I am. Uh, I agree. The degree of difficulty hasn't been high for the Cowboys. It hasn't, but they've taken care of their business. You know they have, and I, you know that's really what matters. Only do one game, figure it away. You know, again, I guess it helps in the playoffs too that they've won some close games and they found ways to win. You know, I, I think that gives you some confidence too as a team that you kind of know games. So I think that's a boost of, of confidence there. Um, but there is actually some more breaking news in the NFL. This is from Kevin Stefanski. He's report, um, yes. This one from one of the Browns reporters. He told the um, Kevin Stefanski on report, he told the Browns, OBJ is not part of the team right now. I would just tell you, tell you today he's excused. And we'll see where it goes from there. But it sounds like it could be something more. I'd yeah, and that, let, 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 know, let's get to this. More this could be happening this- right now. This has been a total disaster with the Browns and Odell Beckham. This this could not this really this is just not gone. This is could not have gone worse. And when the Browns picked him up in 2019, we all thought they were going to be Super Bowl contenders. The, t- the team ends up going six and ten. Uh, in in 2000, in 2000 in 2020, he he ends up getting hurt, and then the Browns you know start playing well, and they get to the they almost they, and they almost got to the Super Bowl. I mean they lost and they 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 won their first playoff game in over 25 years, and then they uh they lost to the Chiefs in the uh in the divisional round. And then this year, this team has one of the best rosters in football and is totally underachieved. And for me, there's two people to blame in this situation. Kevin Stefanski is not to blame. He's changing the culture. He's creating an identity in Cleveland. Kevin Stefanski is not to blame for this. He, he is not to blame for what's going on. There's two people. It's Baker Mayfield and it's Odell Beckham. 
and uh, both share pretty much equal, 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 they both share the same amount of blame because they just have not been able to come together. And, and it's been, and, and for some, whatever, for whatever reason they haven't been, and, and both are completely to blame for this. I mean, this could have been a really, really good combination. It could have been like, like what Eli and Beckham had those first three years in New York. This could have been a really, really good combination. And it's been a total nightmare between these two and both are to blame. I've, I've seen everybody just blame Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski. Absolutely. That's nonsense to just blame those guys. Odell Beckham is to blame for this. His father, you know, you know, tweeting yesterday, you know, that, that is so immature, you know, and I think it's a great move by Kevin Stefanski to get him away from the team. I think it's a great move by Stefanski to get him away from the team because he, it's just going to be a distraction. The Browns got a really good roster. They have an identity. They have a good coach in Kevin Stefanski. I love this move by Kevin Stefanski to get him out of here because this is an overrated player. And this has been an overrated player for years, even with the Giants. You know, he was he was a good player. The Giant fans were trying. I was not one of the Giant fans that was not comparing him to Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins because he was not that guy. He does not make players better around him. DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, they make guys better around him. Andre Johnson in his prime, Calvin Johnson in his prime, Larry Fitzgerald, they made players better around him. Odell Beckham does not make players better around him, and that's why this guy is overrated. He's been overrated for years, and he was hyped up because he made one one-handed catch against the Cowboys in a game the Giants lost, but he made that one one-handed catch, and he was overhyped. And, and yes, his numbers were good, but a big reason why the numbers were good was because the second best receiver the Giants had was Ruben Randall, and he got targeted all the time. And Eli was still pretty good in his first couple of years in the league. When Eli started to decline, his numbers went down. Then he went, then he went to go play with Baker Mayfield. His numbers come down. Odell Beckham is is overrated, and the Browns are making the right decision to to, uh, to to sit to sit him down because he has been a complete distraction for this Browns team. No, absolutely. Yes. And yeah, you know, I, I agree. It's been a definitely difficult guy to work with. And yeah, about, you know, what is Fox saying again, I, it, it just all sends back to when guys kind of enable you and, you know, when things are going right, they're going to be all, you know, complaining to everybody else. And you, you kind of take that same attitude. Like, yeah, you, you guys are right. You know, I'm like, he hasn't been able to still healthy. Most of his career, he's kind of been hurt. Um, you know, but like, yeah, it just kind of, blown up in their in their face here yeah um because yeah i know baker hasn't really gotten the ball i know he's missed some throw he's been open at times you know in his career and they, they he hasn't got to him it, it just doesn't and i think maybe part of it is chemistry wise because baker i mean you know odell hasn't been healthy at times and you know you just wonder if that chemistry just hasn't been there between those two and i think it's been part of it you know because odell's he's a difficult guy to work with we've kind of seen that at times when things like this are going on He's not, you know, he he's, doesn't seem like he makes it easy on, on the quarterback at times. So, yeah, he's been difficult. I do think he's a little bit overrated. That's the phenomenal catch he had. But other than that, it's, his numbers don't really pop off the page at times. So, yeah, you know, it, it'll be interesting. It makes you wonder why didn't they just trade him yesterday just for anything. But, um, you know, who knows? Um, but, yeah, I, I think right now, because the Browns right now, they've kind of been, a, you know, I know they're sitting there 4-4, four four, but it kind of seems like maybe there's a little bit something going on. Because you look at the teams that they played, like the top teams, they haven't really been great. I'm like, the Cardinals destroyed them. You know, like, they they have, you know, I there was a lot of hype around this team. They just haven't lived up to it. You just wonder maybe if there is some turmoil in the locker room with everything, with some of this going on. Oh, there absolutely is. And this has been an issue with Beckham for years. It started with the Josh Norman stuff. And with, with the Giants, when he went at it with Josh Norman in a, in a big game for the Giants and caused a distraction there. In 2000, in 2000 you know, 
In 2016, he, made, he read in an interview that, that you know, football wasn't fun. He said that in an interview. Then the 2018 interview was the, mo- was the most disturbing thing with the Giants. And I think after he got paid, he called out. I know Eli wasn't playing well at the time, and it was done. But, but he, called, he called out Eli Manning, which was totally inexcusable to have that interview with Josina Anderson. It was totally inexcusable. Let him to be traded. And this guy is getting way too much respect for not being – and he is not as good as people think. This is probably one of – I have to say in my lifetime – one of the most overrated NFL players in my lifetime, Odell Beckham was. Eli Manning didn't need two Super Bowl rings to uh, – t- t- didn't need Odell Beckham to win two Super Bowls. The Browns didn't, didn't need Odell Beckham to get to the playoffs last year, and I am very happy with Kevin Stefanski is doing. He is setting a standard for this team, and, and, this, and, and, and this team has an identity. The only issue there, though, is I feel like he's playing Baker Mayfield. He's not 100%. I feel like he may have to go to Case Keenum this week. Yeah, he may because, you know um... – because I don't think there's much of a downgrade from an injured Baker to Case Keenum. Case Keenum did get to the NFC Championship game with the Vikings, so it's not like you know he's probably one of the you know one of the more bad one of the backups you could probably trust more in this league right now. Um, but back to Odell, yeah, it just I think he's been overrated. Yeah, you know the Browns the Browns really didn't have him a ton last year. He has what like two catches this year. He hasn't played much at all this year. You know, like, yeah, you, you, you're kind of at a point. I know they're so banged up the Browns, but you're, you're kind of at a point where you don't really need this guy. Actually, he has seven, actually he has 17 catches. I think he had less than that, but he's only played in a couple games. I think I'm thinking he's only played a handful of games this year, but um, yeah, he hasn't, you know, he's, he is, you know, he, he has been overhyped up, you know, the numbers just haven't really jumped off the page. He's just been hurt too much. And I, you know, and again, he just seems like a guy too that the ball doesn't go his way. He just doesn't seem like he's a guy that's a real team guy at most times. And he's more of kind of, I want my catches. I want my yards. It seems like, and it, again, I don't know why you want a guy like that in your locker room. And it, cause, it, cause that's kind of what he see what it seems like, you know, I know he was kind of quiet for the, for like a year or two in Cleveland, but like the last, what, like year and a half, it's just been a lot of, Seems like he, you know, he's just been complaining about the targets he's gotten. Yeah, I mean, he had the opportunity to, to fall in line and be on one of the best. And be on, this was the best team he was on in his career, and all he had to do was fall in line, and he failed to do that. I've lost total respect for him, and I was somebody. I was never. I never loved Odell back when he was with the Giants, but I liked him. I, I stuck up for him because I felt like you know at the end he was Eli was out of his prime, and he was doing and he was doing what he can. But at this point, I am done with Odell Beckham. I am done with him. I am not defending him anymore. I'm done with him. I'm 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 totally done with Odell Beckham at this point. No, I don't blame you. You wouldn't. I know. Yeah, there was a lot of kind of when the Giants trade him. What are, what are we doing here? We just signed him, but I know he just lost Jubio Peppers for the season. But hey, that that trade it seemed to work out for the Giants. You know, it was one. Um, it was, it was one of Gettleman's best moves. It was one of Gettleman's best moves as GM. One of the few good moves he's made yeah. was get. I mean, the signing him was a terrible move, but it was one of the few good moves he made was was trading Odell Beckham because Dexter Lawrence has been good, and when Jabril Peppers has played, he's been good. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's worked out for you guys. Um, so, yeah, you know, I guess, it, you know, I know hindsight it didn't at the time, but it paid down. And the Giants do something about them. Um, so, yeah, and I, Xander. Xander's kind of out with them. Cowboys. Xander, we'll get we'll, – we'll, we'll, we'll we, we've been talking about that. You're a little late to, to the party there. We, we, we've been talking about the Cowboys. Me and Jared have been going back and forth about the Cowboys. So you're a little late to the party there, but – Definitely hang on. We'll be talking about their game against the Broncos. But we got to get back. We got to get back on track here. I mean, we got a little off course with the Cowboys and the OBJ news. Uh, we got to get. We got to talk about Derrick Henry. And uh, he is out indefinitely with an ankle injury for the Tennessee Titans. And uh, 
I definitely, I, I still think they very, they very easily can be a playoff team. But I think the issue is, is they were probably in line to be, you know, the second seed in the NFC. That is just not the case right now with Derrick Henry. I think this all, this team, that, that has been the identity of this team since 2018, 2019 has been the running game. And Xander, we'll get to the rug stuff too. Uh, 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 I mean, it's just been the identity of this Titans team. And I just feel like this team is is, is definitely going to – this offense is definitely not going to be the same without Derrick Henry. But if you look at their schedule, they, they are going to get to nine wins because they have the Jaguars at home and they have the Texans twice. And the Texans are one of the worst teams that this league has seen since the, since the Browns in 2017. The Texans are absolutely terrible. So I don't care if they don't have Derrick Henry. They'll win those two games. And then they have – and then they and then they have the uh, – they have the Jaguars. So they're going to at least get to nine wins. And I think it's going to be very, I think it's going to be difficult because the Colts got to get to, do you remember the Colts got to get to 10 wins because they lost two games to the Titans. Right now, the Titans are four games ahead of the Colts. They're six and two. The Colts are three and five. That's why that loss was huge for the Colts on Sunday. Cause if the Colts won that game, they'd have a really good chance of winning that division right now, even without Derrick Henry, their chance are still really slim to win that division. Cause with nine games left, they're four games behind the Titans. Yeah, absolutely. They they're in a really tight spot, and um, you know, I, I see the Dangerous uh, Commentates could still be good at that AP. We'll see what, how much juice he has left because he's been around for a while. I feel like for that the Titans offense, it was so reliant on um, and Hector Tom without Henry and outside of Buffalo. Who do you think is uh, AFC contender? I think I'd say the Ravens. I, I, you know, I'm going to go Ravens because I I, tr- I I know yeah, they've Ravens. had a ton of injuries. But I trust the coach and I trust the quarterback. So I would say I think Buffalo is clearly the best team in the AFC. But outside of that, I would go the Ravens just because I trust the coach. This coach has won a Super Bowl before, and I trust the quarterback. I trust the coach and quarterback. The defense isn't great, but it's 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 good enough. But that's why I would go the second best team in the AFC. I would go Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you because right now that's really the only really choice. You can't trust Cincinnati. You saw what they did last week. They're still not ready no, Zach to take Taylor, that next Zach, I, I can't see that team winning a Super Bowl with Zach Taylor as their head coach. And that, that, that game was completely on Zach Taylor for not having that team prepared to yeah. play. No, absolutely. And, and with everything going on with the Raiders, you know, you, I can't really call them contenders. They, they're down to three wide receivers right now, so you can't call them contenders. The Chargers can't stop the run. The Chiefs are, I, again, I can't see the Chiefs winning more than nine games right now. The Patriots are getting better, but they're still 500. I don't think, you know, I think they're getting better, but offensively, they're still kind of, they're not going to really, out, they're going to have to get a lot of stops in game. So, yeah, I think it's really the Ravens. Yeah, there's a lot of injuries, yeah. but you, and it, and you if got you look Lamar. At like the Steelers, the, the, the Steelers, the problem with the Steelers is their quarterback. I don't think Big Ben's good enough anymore. So, yeah, it's definitely the Ravens. It's absolutely the Ravens. Uh, it's a very hard because, I mean, yeah. the, 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 just like the team we talked about, the, uh, the Packers, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, and the Bucks, they're clearly better than the second-best team in the AFC. So it's really hard to pick, but obviously I go with the, I, I would definitely go with the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's got to be my answer, too. I just – you know, you got Lamar. I know the Ravens have, said, have had some clunkers this year, but usually in a big spot – I know well, two weeks ago they got absolutely destroyed by the Bengals, but usually in a big game, you don't really see John Harbaugh's team come out unprepared and, you know, unready like they – it did two weeks ago. So, yeah, I think I think you got to take Baltimore. Third team, usually, you know, in January, you could trust. Um, Sanders' comment, I think. Yeah, any, you look at Sanders' comment. I think any team coming out of the NFC will win the Super Bowl. Besides Buffalo. I think if the I think the Bills I think the Bills could give any of those teams in the AFC in the, in the NFC trouble. I think they think their defense is really good. The pro, they, obviously the issue with the Bills we talked about all year has been their running game and their offensive line isn't great. But I do think if the Bills get into that game, 
I think they'd give any any of those five teams that I mentioned in the NFC trouble. Yeah, absolutely. I think Buffalo can. You know, yeah, the running game's kind of been the issue. The offensive line, same thing. But I, I, with the way their defense has played this year, I think they can keep them in any of those games. But outside of that, Buffalo, yeah, I can't see any AFC team winning the Super Bowl. Those five, six NFC teams make a Super Bowl. I, I, I can't see anybody outside of Buffalo winning it right now. Um, I, I just can't. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Buffalo did, can definitely do it. They can definitely win it. But um, anybody else in the AFC, I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. So now, now we got to get to the games, and we'll get we'll get, because 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 these two teams had action this week. So we'll get to this game first, the Sunday night game between the Titans and the Rams. I I, th- I think I think in this game, I think the Rams are going to win this. I think they're going to win it big. I think I think the Stafford will have a huge game. I think the Titans are going to struggle to run the ball. I think they're going to pressure on Tannehill. I got the Rams winning this game big. I got them winning it by two scores, but just at thirty-one seventeen. But Justin, the question is, can Tannehill outduel Stafford for the Titans to get their fifth straight win? I don't see it. I got the Rams 30-20. As I mentioned, I think the Titans' offense is kind of set up for Derrick Henry now. So it's even bigger now that the acquisition of A.J. Brown to have that another deep threat. But I just don't know how they're going to run the football. Um, I I think they're going to struggle in this game. That's a big good side of the ball. I think they'll make some plays. um, And Sanders' uh, comment, the Rams showing off their new toy and and Von Miller. I can see him making some plays in the backfield. yeah, yeah, obviously not the same guy. I know we talked about him, but not the same guy, but he's still a nice piece to have, especially in that pass rush. Still, Tane's offensive line's not great. So I, I think Tano's going to have some success down the field, hitting some big plays. But other than that, I just don't see how the Titans, the Titans defense is not good enough to keep them in this game. I'll take the Rams 30 to 20. We will go t- t- to my team uh, on Sunday with the with the Raiders traveling to MetLife Stadium to face the Giants. Before we get to that game, we got to get to the Henry Rugg situation. He made a terrible decision yesterday, and that's that's just that's going to cost him his career. I mean, I think his career is over. I mean, he's facing now with 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 the with the, with the most recent news, driving 144, um, 54 miles an hour. Uh, uh, he's, he's with the, with the recent news with 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 uh, Henry Ruggs. I mean, his 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 career, yeah, two times over the legal limit, over the legal limit. He's he's done. He could be facing ten years in prison. I think his he made a he made a terrible terrible decision. His career is over right now. Absolutely. Um, I just don't get why some of these guys don't get an Uber or Lyft. You know, obviously they have the right to go out and drink. I get that, but like again, you don't drive. I don't know why you can't spend thirty bucks for an Uber or Lyft driver. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, cause his best friend too died um, at 17 years old in a car accident. So you would think too, like he would, cause that's why every time he scores a touchdown, he prays. So I would think too, that he would have the common sense too, to kind of know, like this ain't a game driving a car, especially when you're drunk two times over the limit. I just don't understand it. Um, and Darren's kind of, I know he couldn't do anything, gee, but he just sat there and watched the 23. Yeah, he's terrible, terrible. He deserves um, he deserves to be in jail for 10. I, he deserves to be in jail for 10 years. Terrible. He does. And actually, it wasn't the child. I guess it was her dog, I think it was. Um, I don't think there was a child. I think it was a dog um, that was in the car. Which That was a story I read. Maybe there, it was a child, but I read that it was a dog. But anyways, yeah, I, I just he, – he should be in jail for – for a while, I just don't get it. You know, he's starting to come into groove too. You know, I get going out for a night, but I just 
again, not to get at Uber lift in it, you know, and two, he just bought it. I get, you know, it was a Corvette brand new souped up and he probably, it's probably tough to control. Um, I did, no problem, Xander. Um, it's kind of, um, you know, I, I just don't, I just don't understand what goes through. And I know when you're drinking, you, your mind's kind of not where, it, you know, supposed to be, but I, I just, I don't know how you could kind of, I, I know some of these athletes, I think think that they're invincible and nothing's going to happen to them, but it doesn't always, you know, that's not the case. And to go that fast, 154 is, you know, again, I, I don't understand why you go that fast. And again, it's, not safe at all, but then uh, it looked like a side street. So I don't know what in the world he's thinking. I I, I just don't understand it. And yeah, his, his career is over and he deserves to be in jail for the next decade or so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now getting to the game. I think this is a game. I think, I do think I, the, the thing is in this game, I don't even know who's going to play for the giants. You know, Shepard's going to be out. We know that we don't know if Galladay and Barkley are going to play. We don't know if Tony's going to play. And this Raiders team, if the Giants can't get a running game going, it could, they could have a very hard time with the Raiders because the Raiders get pressure on the quarterback. With Yannick Ndokwe, with Matt Crosby, Max Crosby. Max Crosby is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. He's going to get pressure on Daniel Jones. I think he's going to force a turnover or two. And I do think Derek Carr is going to make, make more plays and less mistakes in this game. I think this is going to be a close competitive game. But this season, this is uh, these close competitive games. These are the kind of games the Raiders win, and these are the kind of games the Giants lose. And I think the same thing happens on Sunday. That's why I got the Raiders beating the Giants 24 to 20. But Justin, can the Giants defense continue to play well? And can Jones make enough plays for the Giants to get their third win of the season? I think it's very possible. I do have the Raiders win this game 24 to 23. Um, again, the Raiders, I do worry about them. East Coast, they haven't been great. You know, Met Lake the last two years, they barely beat the Jets last year and then got thrown two years ago to the Jets out there. Um, I, I, and I, Sanders comment, I could definitely see the Giants winning this game, especially if they get guys back. I could see it. If they, they have their weapons back, they have a couple guys, you know, like a Shepard, a Galladay. If Tony's healthy, Barkley, I could totally see them winning this game. But I, I think the Giants do move the ball. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough to – Jones is not going to have a ton of time. I think they're going to have to rely again. A lot of quick passes. Um, could have some success running the football in this game. If you have Barkley or even in Daniel Jones, I think can make some plays with his feet. Even Justin Fields did a few weeks ago um, when the Bears went in there and knocked off the Raiders. I, again, I just don't know how many more hits, how many – because, again, the, the Gruden news a couple weeks. I just don't know how much more the Raiders can take. And I could see him coming out flat, losing this game. But for now, I will take the Raiders to win this game. I think Jones makes enough plays. I just, I'm with you. I just don't know who plays in this game. Yeah, and Xander, I saw you. Rogers out with COVID. I, we got that news. And yeah, the Giants could very easily win this game. But the, but the problem is, I, I they've just been losing these games. They've been losing these games for the last five years. And and, and listen, the fact that that there that, that there's all these, the fact that the Giants have been losing this much is why Dave Gettleman, if this continues, needs to be fired. It started in 2018 when, you know, I don't know what he was looking at keeping Eli Manning. I don't know at all what he was looking at wanting to keep Eli Manning. He said he was, said he was an average film watcher in his press conference, and he lied about that because he kept Eli Manning as a quarterback. He decided to pass on taking Josh Allen and taking and he took Saquon Barkley. Bad free agency moves that year. Going out and getting, you know, Alec Ogletree, trading for Alec Ogletree and Nate, Nate Soldier. Those moves have been disastrous. Then in that offseason, too, he, you know, he, sign, he, signs Odell, he signs Odell Beckham and then trades him. And then that team's as, as $16 million of dead money in, the 2000, in 2019. 
Now that, that was a terrible move. When he came into the when he came into the 2019 draft, yes, I didn't mind him taking Daniel Jones, but the problem was Eli Manning was still on the roster. He he, he sent mixed signals to the fan base. Do you stick with Eli? Do, do we believe in Eli Manning or do we not believe in Eli Manning? It sent mixed signals to the fan base. In that season, we either have a guy, the number six overall pick on the bench, or a guy making 20 million sitting on the bench. Now that 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 was another move I didn't like from Dave Gettleman. And then and later in that year, he extends Sterling Shepard, and he can't stay healthy. And then in 2021. He, he signs Kenny Gall. He was 18, Kenny Gall to 18 million. We don't improve our offensive line. And, and then he drafts another wide receiver. So the, the, the losing the last four years, number one guy who's got to go is Dave Gettleman. There's no question about that. He is the number one guy that's got to be fired uh, for the Giants, for the Giants if they continue to lose. And I think we might have lost. I think we might. And uh, and and we got a comment. Uh, yeah, Steve, Giants need um, to take three or four years and build an offensive you know, line like Dallas. But but the, the problem is is year. yeah. But the and, and we got a comment from Xander. Yeah, but the but the, but the, but the Giants, problem is that there. The pro, the problem is there, Xander. Uh, the, the, the outside of Andrew Thomas, he's whiffed on the offensive line completely. That's the problem there. That's been the that's been the biggest problem there, and and I th- and I think another another issue has been uh, has been has been has been Joe Judge. I mean Joe Judge, it's, uh, Daniel Jones right now is number three in terms of issues with the Giants. I mean he's clearly third between Judge and uh, Dave Gettleman. I th- Joe Judge has has had has had a really rough year this year. Challenging the challenge, it started out when he played Daniel Jones with a bad hamstring, challenging you know a, t- a challenging a scoring play when he should know as an NFL head coach that you can't challenge a scoring play. Uh, the jumped up the, the poor discipline in the games against Washington, the games against Kansas City, you know, not going forward on the fourth and four against against Atlanta, keeping Daniel Jones in the game. Joe Judge very easily could be fired too with Dave Gettleman the way he's coached this year. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, and let me ask you this, because it seems like everything the Giants do or hire, it always stems back. Yeah, we might have lost Justin there, too. But I feel like what his question is, is that everything the Giants do goes back to, you know, it, it goes back to, you know, where, where they've been before. Where, you know, guys, they've been promoting from within. Like with Dave Gettleman, they promoted, they promoted him from within. That's why I didn't like that hire. You know, it's it's just it's constant promoting from within. What the Giants need to do in this offseason, if they're not good, is they need to fight. They need to get rid of. Uh, they need to get rid of. They need to get rid of Gettleman, get an outside guy, and then maybe even get rid of Joe Judge too. I would keep Daniel Jones because this isn't a great quarterback class. But I think if this thing continues, Gettleman and Jones need to go. They they they, they need to they they need to wind up going. Uh, there's there's just no question about that. Well, we're we're going to move on. We're going to move on to the Patriots against the Panthers this week. We got we got a, we got a battle in uh in in in, uh, in Carolina between those two teams, and uh, I I think this is going to be a, a a really good game between these two teams. I think this is going to be a competitive game between these these two teams. But I do think that the difference in this game is going to be. I think that Belichick is going to force either Sam Darnold or PJ Walker to make mistakes, and Mac Jones is going to make less mistakes, and that's why. I got the Patriots beating the Panthers 19 to 16 in Carolina this week. But Jace, what are your thoughts on this game? Do you feel like the Panthers defense can force enough mistakes for Mac Jones for them to pull an upset? See, I mean, the Panthers, they're just, I love how Matt Rule's getting these young guys to play, especially defensively. I mean, it just has been really no McCaffrey, 
just been struggling offensively. And the Patriots, they've been trending upward. Uh, I know. I think we got Justin back. I think we're Justin back. And we got to get him back to talk about his Patriots. Yeah, Justin, you back? Yeah, what's up? Sorry about that. Justin, no problem, no problem, no problem. Yes, I'm back. Sorry we're about talking that. about your Patriots. Um, talking about your Patriots. Do, 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 do you feel like do you feel like Matt Rule could pull this upset against your team? I think it's possible. I, I really do because I think their defense is going to slow down Mac Jones again. I think they're going to pressure on it because you could see last week that that Chargers pass rush kind of I gave him some happy feet last week. It really for the first time he's really inaccurate stuff. Kind of. Yeah, I think we might have lost. I think we might have lost Justin again there. Better uh, felt like yeah, but, for some. Yeah, I mean it's it should it, sh- it should be interesting what happens in this game. I mean, I I think I think that the the Patriots win it close, but we'll see if Sam Darnold plays. We'll see with if Christian McCaffrey plays. We'll we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see what ends up happening there. But because we got because we got Xander in the room right now, we got we got an NFC. We got a match. We'll talk about the Cowboys. We got a, we got a matchup in Dallas between the Broncos and the Cowboys. And I think in this game, I think this is a Cowboys win. I think the Cowboys win this game big. I think Dak Prescott has has has, has a big game. I think they run the ball well. And I think as the Broncos getting rid of Von Miller, you're signaling that your season is over. And that and I know George Payton wants to get ahead of things. He want may want to clear up cap space to go get Deshaun Watson next offseason and to go get uh. And to go get, or, or or maybe go get Russell Wilson this off next offseason, or put themselves in position to draft the quarterback. But eventually, I, 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 but I, but I think for this week, I think the Broncos are in a lot of trouble. I think the I think the Cowboys win at thirty one thirteen. But Justin, can Denver's defense contain the Cowboys' offense to pull off a huge upset? You know, without Von Miller, you know, I think their defense is still good. It's not what it was with, with Von Miller. I think they can slow him down a bit. I have the Dallas Cowboys win this game 28 to 17. Uh, okay, okay, Xander, Xander, Xander. Yeah, I, 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 I got to talk to him. Cow- Cowboys will make a case for the best team in the NFC this week. No, 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 no. You're not making a case for the best team in the NFC when you beat a team that just traded one of their best players. There's no way they're making a case for the best team in the NFC this week. I don't care how much they win this game. I'll still have them below the Buccaneers. I'll still have them below the Cardinals. I'll still have them below the Rams, and I'll still have them below the Packers. They are not making a case. This week does not change anything for the Cowboys. They just have to do their good job and win this football game and keep pace with those top teams in the NFC. That's what they have to do. And uh, we might have lost Justin again, but yeah, it's, t- talking about Xander's comment, it's just it's 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 the same. It's the same. It's yeah. It's, it's you saw Xander's comment. Do you yeah. feel like anything will change with Dallas this week? No, I so. dude. I mean, I I commented earlier that they they only have three games against uh, above five hundred teams coming up, and uh, I mean, they benefited by struggling last year. That they have this low schedule, but while I I do think they are a contender. They they are a Super Bowl contender, but when like I won't truly have that faith in them to make that playoff push until it gets to the playoffs, until they can show that they can perform against these top teams because they're not playing these top teams. And I, Denver, I mean, it, like you said, they just trade away their best player. I I don't know how. Oh, a hot Vikings team! Give me a break. They're a hot Vikings team. Come on now, come on, dude. That Viking team lost to Daniel Hunter during the game. 
that you have a quarterback that can't win in prime time. Yes, it's a good offense, but a below average defense, and they got a coach that should be fired. So please, they're just the fact that I, I'll give them credit for the win against the Vikings in a tough environment, but the Vikings are an average to below average team at best this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's wild. But, I mean, well, what else do you expect from Cowboys fans? They're so starved from having – from yeah. being able to talk like this. It's been, so, it's been, so it's been 25 years wild. since they've been to an NFC championship game, and now they want to and, and, and now they want to talk like this. And I heard this in 2007. I heard this in 2016. I heard this in 2014. And all those years they lost in the divisional round. And they want to reference, you know, what's, your, what's my excuse for the Bucks losing – the Bucks, are, the Bucks are the Bucks are the defending Super Bowl champions. They got a quarterback that's won six Super Bowls and has been to nine Super Bowls and created the Patriot Way in New England. So, please, all right, they might be five and two. They might have lost some 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 tough games on the road, but, 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 but please give me a break. The Bucks have proven it to me. The Cowboys haven't. In my lifetime, the Cowboys have never been great. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. So um, yeah, I don't. I, I can excuse them for losing games. Okay, I'm not giving the Cowboys excuses because they've never proved it to me. Have never proven it to me in my lifetime. Any of you guys yeah. uh, on that comment? They ca- Yeah, like I have. I've seen the Cowboys what win two playoff games in my lifetime. They think two or three. Like that's it. Like I haven't. Again, I I think the Cowboys are a good team. I think they have a chance to get to Super Bowl, but I don't think. Denver's not this week going to change my mind if they're the best team or not. This, you know, in the FC, you know, again, they're going to change my mind probably in the playoffs. I know they still have Arizona left. Um, look, I know, yeah, with the soft schedule, I know, I, you know, I know that's all not their fault. Yeah, you know, again, it, it's not their fault. The rest of the NFC East is pretty much rebuilding. It's not, you know, I know they're playing what a second or third place schedule. So I, I get it. They're not playing the elite teams. They're taking advantage of it, and they're, they're going to help themselves out all the way. Um, some of their games have been tighter than I think they've wanted them to, too. Like, I, I need to see them blow out. You know, I know they blew out the Eagles. They dominated mostly for the Panthers. They look pretty good there. But, like, can they, can they you know, beat the Broncos this week by double digits? Can they beat the Falcons next week by double digits? Like, can they go on the road and beat Kansas City? If they go on the road and beat Kansas City and they look like a better team, maybe I'll, I will add them up. You know, I, I'll – kind of put them up on the list but I, I think that for the Cowboys they're a good team they have a chance to get the Super Bowl I'm just not I, I need to see them win some games in January I just haven't seen it from them and that's kind of why for me I, I'm still a little bullish on them right now I, I gotta see them win in January right now because um, look they can be the one team I was saying I don't know if you were, I don't think you were here for the first time we were talking about them Xander but I think they can go 15 and 2 in the in the um in the not in the schedule, I think they can go fifteen and two. All right, and, and I'll address this comment. You know, it's funny how people talk about the week schedule and at the, be, and at the beginning of the season, people didn't have us coming to the division. I'll admit I was wrong about you guys coming coming going into the season. Your defense has been much better than I expected to be. You know, Micah Parsons has been a slam dunk. Trayvon Diggs has played really well. Randy Gregory has a and, and, and this is not a good kind. You believe in the Bills with what have they done? No, 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 they have not done nothing. They they got to the they got to the Bills got to somewhere last year where you haven't been in 25 years. So to say the Bills have done nothing is not true. They they went somewhere last year where you have not been in 25 years. So it's that's not accurate to say the Bills have done nothing. The Bills got to a conference championship game last year. Got to a conference medal game last year. You haven't. But to, 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 to get to, to, to piggyback on your last point, uh, the, 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 yes, I'll admit I was wrong. The defense was much better than I expected them to be. Tyron Smith has played much better than I have 
than I have uh, than I have than I've expected him to be. So yes, I was wrong about the Cowboys this year. I will admit that, but. I just still to, to put them on top. I just got to see more. I just got to see more from the Cowboys right now. And it, since Jerry Jones has been the GM, uh, they just have never been a great team. They've always been, never been a joke. I, I, I mean, I dressed up as Jared. They've never been a joke. They just have never been a great elite team since Jerry Jones has been that GM. We've seen it. We've seen it so many times before in 2007, 2014, and 2016. And in 2007 and 2016, they've had those number one seed and then they, and they haven't got it. Then they didn't get it done those two years. So, I'm not discrediting the Cowboys for what they've done so far. I just got to see more to put to, to say they're the best team in the NFC or in the NFL. Yeah, no, I I, I do too. I, I need to see them. Yeah, um, like Jay's kind of the Bills shut out teams. Like they won 35 nothing. Like I need them to see win some convincing games here the next couple weeks before they go to Kansas City and Vegas comes in. Um, yeah, uh, what more will you see? His kind. Of, well, yeah, what more will you see when you go um, back to the schedule? Um, yeah, they still have Arizona. You know, I think that's at home. Arizona. They still, Arizona. If they if they play New well Orleans. in New Orleans, I think that would be good. If they play well in Kansas City, I think I think I know Kansas City's not the, as good as they've been, but that would be that would be good. If they could, you know, sweep the NFC, if they could completely sweep, if they could sweep the NFC East, even though the NFC East isn't that good, then 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 I'll then I'll then I'll then I've seen more. Yeah, but listen, yeah, the Bills shut out the the Bills shut out the Dolphins. Yes, but the Bills have shown me more over the last. That program has been building to this stage uh, with being a top team. You know, in two thousand nineteen with Josh Allen, they got to the playoffs last year, NFC Championship game. They've been building to this moment, so that I just trust the Bills more. That's just that's just, that's just, that's just the way I'm looking at it right now. But enough enough with the Cowboy talk. We've we've gone way too far with the Cowboy. I, know, I appreciate the comments from Xander and Jared. We've gone way too much with the Cowboy talk. We got to get to our best bets. And uh, and this week, my best bets. I got the Bengals to two and a half. I'm feeling not as good about that pick now that uh, now that now that uh, the uh, now that the uh, OBJ is not playing. I, now I think the Browns have a little bit of a better chance of winning that game. But I still am going with the Bengals minus two and a half. Cardinals even against again, 49ers even against the Cardinals. I just think in this spot, NFC West is too good. I, not, not the, no offense against the Cardinals, but I just I don't think Kyler Murray is 100. percent and I do think that uh, I, I do think the 49ers are a team that could very easily get that number seven seed. So I do think that this is a game they were close the last time. I think this is a game they could win. And then I had to take the because uh, my Packers bet I had with I had the Packers as one of them. So I'm going to take the Dolphins minus six and a half over the Texans. The Texans are the worst team we've seen since the Browns in 2017. You think they're worse than the Lions this year, Texans team? Um, yeah. Uh, I know. I said since. Uh, oh, yeah. They, oh. They, I think they're worse than the Lions this year. Yes, they're definitely worse than the Lions. Than the Lions. The Lions were close to winning a couple of games. They were close to winning against the the Ravens, and they were yeah. close to winning against the Vikings. So the Lions have been close in some games, and they have a much better. And I know I think Jared Goff's good. But they have a much better quarterback than the Texans have right now. They they do until they get Taylor back, and I yeah, I'd probably take Tyrod Taylor. Well, yeah, probably. Even though I know Goff got Super Bowl, but um. My best bets this week, I got Baltimore over five and a half against Minnesota. Again, the game plan Minnesota came up last week against um, for Mike Zimmer, which is awful. John Harbaugh coming off a bye. He's 10-3 in bye. I know they lost last year. They lost to Pittsburgh last year off of the bye. But I'll, I'll take John Harbaugh to come out with a good game plan. Slow down Kirk Cousins and this Vikings offense enough. I think they run the ball on them. Um, they'll make some plays with Lamar Jackson. I'll, I'll take um, I'll take the Ravens five and a half at home. Then I'm going to take the Eagles that plus – um, one and a half at home against the Chargers. I think the Eagles won this game because the Chargers do not 
really stopped the run at all. I think Jalen Hurts, you know, Jordan Howard, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, I think they run all over the, the uh, Chargers. And the one thing we've really seen Justin Herbert's kryptonite so far is that he struggles under pressure. And I think the, and the Eagles do a very nice job of getting pressure on the quarterback. And I'm going to take the Eagles to win that game 27-24 at home against the LA Chargers. And then my final one, I did have Green Bay as well. Um, but kind of took that. You know, I saw Green Bay win the game. I'm not very confident on it now. But I think the first time we've picked the same game here, Bengals, Bengals, Browns. Um, I feel good about this one because I think the Bengals are a good team. And I think they bounce back this week. I think their defense gets pressure on Baker Mayfield. I just, you know, I don't really – don't I don't really know what I'm going to get from the Browns. You look at like the, you know, I think I mentioned we were talking about them, but again, against the best teams right now, it, it, you know, that they've played the best offenses, you know, they gave up 33 to the Chiefs. You know, they, I, they, they did hold the Vikings to seven, but they gave up 47 to the Chargers. They gave up 37 to Arizona. I think, I think the Bengals could put up some points this week on the Browns defense. Browns defense is good, but they haven't been elite against the best competition. And I, I think Joe Burrow's going to make some plays this week. I'll take the Bengals at two and a half at home against Cleveland. Yeah, I know we'll talk about that game, Browns and Bengals. And we, we've talked a lot about the Odell Beckham situation. I think the Browns are better off without him at this point. But I do think because Baker Mayfield's not healthy in this game, I think it's going to be a close competitive game. I do think the Bengals contain the running game. I think it's been a big big, big difference with the Bengals this year. Be able to get pressure on the quarterback. Logan Wilson uh, with, with, with Trey Hendricks with uh, Trey Hendrickson and uh, – Sam Hubbard, and they've been able to stop the run with Logan Wilson. Done a really good job stopping the run. I think they contain the run game. I think this is a close competitive game, but I'm going to go with the team with the better quarterback to go to six and three. I'm not a huge Zach Taylor fan, but I like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I like this roster right now in Cincinnati. I like this quarterback. I got him going to six and three, beating the Browns 23 to 16. But Justin, can the Browns D and their running game carry them to these to their sixth win in seven games against the Bengals? I think their their defense is definitely good enough. As I mentioned, I, I think they have one of the better defense, especially up front with Garrett and JV on Clowney up front. I have the Bengals though winning this game 23 to 17. Um, you know, the Bengals, you know, are, I mean, Baker's, you know, um, I mean, Burrow, I think is going to have to, you know, he's going to be under pressure a lot. I think he's going to have to make some plays through the air. I don't think he's going to have a ton of time um, in this game to make plays, but Again, I, I, you know, I think Gary Pony probably have a sack or two in this game. I think they will get to him. But I think Burrow, I think in the back end, I think, you know, Jamar Chase makes some big plays. T. Higgins had a couple big plays last week. Like, I, I think they spread the ball around. Um, and I think the Bengals offense does enough. And I and the Bengals defense has been good. They were not great last week. They did force three turnovers. But I, I think they bounce back. They play well. They keep their team in the game. And everything going on in Cleveland – I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm not too high on them yet, but, you know, after last week was very disappointing by them, but I guess we shouldn't have seen it coming. I'll, I'll take the Bengals. I do think the Bengals do enough. I think Joe Burrow plays well enough in this game to get the win 23-16. Or, yeah, 23-17, my bad. We got an AFC matchup Thursday night as the Jets face the Colts. And everybody's saying, oh, Mike White, Mike White's going to Mike, – is Mike White going to have another big game? No, he's not. I feel like this Colts defense is going to be is going to play really well. I think they're going to get pressure on Mike White, force a turnover. I think the Colts are going to play mistake free in this game, run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. I think it goes for over 100 yards. And I got the Colts going to four and five, beating the Jets 27-10. But Justin, can Mike White stay hot and can the Jets win their second straight? I don't think so. I got the Colts 27-14. Yeah, Mike White. 
played a really bad, you know, came off, played well, threw for over 40 yards. The Jets turned the ball over three times in that game. I think they're going to have another couple turnovers in this game. Um, they've gotten the running game going too, but I, but the Colts are seeing, you know, the Colts, they're ranked 15th, but I think they do a good job stopping the run. They make Mike White one dimensional. Um, and I think he shows into to good defense on a short week. They seem to open up the offense a lot more for Mike White, which kind of gives you, you know, they don't have much confidence yet in Zach Wilson, but I, I'm going to take the Colts 27-14. I think Carson Wentz plays a lot better too this week. I just, Again, after one week, I'm not going to overreact to Mike White. Um, biggest one in Bengals history in like 20 years. So that was a big letdown spot for him last week. We got the Vikings heading to Baltimore to face the Ravens. And I feel like the Ravens offense is going to be able to run the ball against his Vikings, against his Vikings defense. I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a big game and he's going to throw a couple touchdown passes. I think the loss of Daniel Hunter is really going to hurt this Vikings defense like it did on Sunday night against the Cowboys. And I do think the Vikings, Justin Jefferson has a big game because the Ravens like to play a lot of man coverage. You saw, you know, saw Jamar Chase completely roast on Merlin, Merlin Humphrey a couple weeks ago. I think, they, I think the Vikings moved the ball. The problem is I feel like Kirk Cousins is going to make a mistake. And I and I and I, and I think the, I think the Ravens are going to get some pressure on Kirk Cousins, get a couple sacks, and that's why I got the Ravens winning it by double digits. I got the Ravens over the Vikings, thirty-one to twenty. But Justin, uh, this was your best bet, uh, plus five and a half. Why do you like the Ravens so much against the Vikings? Well, I like the, to have this coaching matchup, Harbaugh versus Zimmer. I think they come out with a good game plan this week, ten and three off of by Harbaugh. Is, so I think they come out again. That's a sour taste in your mouth the way they lost the Bengals too. 41 to 17, you know, the, the players have been kind of sitting on that for two weeks. So I think they come out motivated, fired up, ready to go. Um, I think, yeah, Minnesota does move the ball. They're going to have some success through the air. But I think um, Lamar Jackson, that running game, they're going to keep time of possession. I think it's going to be huge for the Ravens. And I don't think Minnesota's going to have enough chances in this game to keep up. So I'm going to take the Ravens 27-20 over the, over the Vikings uh, Sunday. We got an AFC an NFC South matchup in New Orleans as the Falcons travel to New Orleans to face the, just the Saints. And uh, the Saints probably are going to have Trevor Simeon starting, but I just don't think it's going to matter because I think the Saints defense is going to control this game. They're going to get pressure on Matt Ryan. They're going to shut down the run game. They're going to force Matt Ryan to make a mistake. And I think Trevor Simeon is going to do enough to manage this game. I think Camaro get enough yards on the ground against this Falcons defense. I think he does enough to uh, Simeon does enough to manage this game to get the Saints to 6-2. and two. I got the Saints winning 24-17 to 17 over the Falcons. But, but, Justin, can Matt Ryan bounce back from last week and help the Falcons pull the upset? I don't think they will. I got the Saints 21-13. Um, the Falcons were abysmal last week in offense. Again, you know, I know losing Ridley a half hour before the game kind of announcing hopefully he gets the help he needs um, when he, yeah, as he steps away from pro football right now. Um, but he's trying to get the help he needs right now for his mental health. But again, I, I think now with, you know, no Ridley, I think as long as you kind of keep Kyle Pitts under wraps, I think you have a pretty good chance to beat this Falcons team. They're not great running the football. The Saints are great at stopping the run. Um, I think they do make enough plays. I think, yeah, the way the Falcons, I don't think they're going to have a lot of chances because the way the Saints are going to run the football against these guys, against the Falcons. I don't think Matt Ryan has a lot of opportunities to keep his team in the game. I think he makes a couple turnovers. Saints did a really good job of that last week. I think they get some pressure on him. Even though the Falcons off of the line has been good. I can see Matt Ryan make a couple plays in this game, but um, I, I really like the Saints right now. I'll take them to win 21-13. 
We have an AFC matchup in Miami. We're going to go quickly here as the Texans traveled down to Miami to face the Dolphins, and this was my best bet. Uh, it's weird when I pick a 1-17 to, co- to cover, but I think the Dolphins are a little bit better than 1-7. And I got them beating the Texans 27-9. As I've explained in the show, the Texans are absolutely terrible. One of the worst teams we've seen since the Browns in 2017. Justin, I assume you got the same. Yeah, I got the Titan team in close 2017. I, I think maybe Tower Tail plays this thing. It's a lot, a little bit closer, or they could even win. Um, I let the Dolphins play tough last week at, at Buffalo. Um, now they're saying they're very confident. The GM and OS staff are saying they're very confident to uh, even though because you couldn't get Watson. So who knows? Poor two, I think, yeah, they do find a way to pull out this game in 2017. We got an AFC matchup down in Jacksonville as the Bills take on the Jaguars. This is going to be a blowout. I think the Jaguars are absolutely terrible. They're right, they're right, they're, they're down there with the Lions and the Texans. Buffalo wins this game big. They do whatever they want in this game. Josh Allen throws a couple touchdown passes. The, uh, the, the Bills defense gets pressure on Lawrence. I got the Bills winning 34 to 10, and I assume you got the same, Justin. Yeah, Buffalo 31-13. I think, you know, Buffalo plays a lot better than they did last week. Big game. I don't see how they slow down Josh Allen this offense. Um, I think they get pressure on Trevor Lawrence. And another long day for Jacksonville because last week, Geno Smith kind of did whatever he wanted against that offense. Now you're against that defense. Now you got to face Josh Allen. So it's been a long day to Jacksonville Sunday. It, 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 it definitely will. And uh, we got we, we talked about the, the first 4 o'clock game, the Chiefs and the Packers, but we'll go to the other 4 o'clock games. we got an NFC West matchup in Santa Clara as the Cardinals face the Niners. And I think this is uh, – Jimmy Garoppolo is going to keep – this is one of my best bets. I got the Niners winning this game. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to keep uh, uh, Trey Lance off the field. I think he's going to have another good game. I think the Niners are going to have success on the ground like the Packers did last week with Elijah Mitchell as a big game on the ground. I think they, they moved the ball. I think, I think Kyler Murray's a little banged up. He might turn the ball over once. I think he has a decent game, but not a great game. And I got the 49ers winning this game 27-21 over the Cardinals. But the question is, can Kyler Murray bounce back to get the Cardinals back on track? I think they do. I got the Cardinals 24-20 going on the road game the win. Uh, the Niners have actually lost seven straight home games, which is very surprising. Uh, I guess they're, they're due for one. But um, if he plays, I think they do spread the ball around. Um, you know, And I think that running game kind of gets going again with, with Drake and Connor. Um, I think Hopkins makes a couple big plays. Again, yeah, like how mo- how how is Kyle Murray's mobility in this game? If he's kind of more of a pocket passer, and if Niners are able to get pressure on him, and you know Boza, and you know some of those guys get some sacks on him, I could totally see the Niners win this game. But I, I think he's, I you know, I, I'm planning on him being healthy enough in this game to make some plays as well as his legs, and Arizona finding a way to win this game, twenty-four to twenty. We got an interconference matchup in Philadelphia as the Chargers travel all the way out to Philly to face the Eagles. I think this is going to be a competitive game. I think the Eagles are going to – Eagles found a little bit of an identity. I know they played the Lions, but they found a little bit of an identity last week running the football. I think they have success doing it this week. But I do think the Chargers do the same thing with Austin Eckler. I think they, he runs the ball, uh, has a good game running the ball against the Eagles. I think Justin Herbert bounces back from his bad performance last week against the Patriots. I think he throws a couple touchdown passes. I think the difference in this game is the Eagles kick field goals, the Chargers get touchdowns. And in a close competitive game, I got the Chargers going to five and three, beating the Eagles 27 to 23. But Justin, you got the Eagles covering in this game as one of your best bets. Why do you have that? Yeah, I have them because, you know, as I mentioned, kind of talking the best bet segment. I think, you know, you saw last week, Herbert under pressure again struggled. The Eagles do that. The Eagles can get pressure on you, and I think they will have success with that. And the Chargers can't stop the run game, and they don't really even try to stop the run game. So I think Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, Jordan Howard have big games on the ground. And even Jalen Hurts, I think, you know, with some read options stuff and some design quarterback runs, 
I think they have the big game on the ground. I think they keep Justin Herbert in that offense off the field long enough. Um, I think they have a big day on the ground. Now. I'm going to take the Eagles at home 27-24. I'm not big on the coaching staff, but uh, the Eagles you coach that. But I, I, think they, I think they're smart enough to figure out to just to run the ball in this game, and they'll do it. Before we wrap up, we'll talk about the Monday night game as the Bears travel to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. And Justin Fields played well last week. But I think it's going to be a tough game on Monday night for him against against the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to get pressure on him. I think the difference last week is the Bears were able to run the ball. I think that's why Fields was able to have a little bit more success. I think they're going to really struggle to run the ball against the Steelers' defense. I think I think the Fields is going to turn over the turn the ball over once. I think the Steelers will get the ground game going with Najee Harris. The Bears have had trouble stopping the run this year. I think Big Ben will manage the game. I think Big Ben will be the quarterback that makes less play less mistakes in this game. And that's why I got the Steelers going to five and three, beating the Bears twenty three seventeen. But the question is, can Justin Fields have another good game to help the Bears pull the upset? I don't think so. I get the Steelers 16-6. to six. I just don't see how the Bears scored many points in this game, especially if the Steelers don't turn it over and don't give them a short field. I just can't see the Bears score many points. I think Justin Fields needed sacked like six, seven times in this game. I don't see how this offensive line controls Steelers' defensive line. Like I think it could be something where they played the Browns where he was, what, sacked like seven, eight times. I could, I could see a game like that and where you're just as a Bears fan praying he gets out of this game healthy. I got the Steelers winning this game 16-6. I think the Bears have less than like 200 yards of offense. Um, I, I don't think they'll have any success moving the ball in this game. All right, that's going to wrap it up for week nine of the NFL. It's going to be an interesting week. But we have a world champion in Major League Baseball. We'll talk about that. But before we talk about that, we've got a promo from Polar Crest Media. It's been a pretty wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside flooding those little pests, you are in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product one-size-fits-all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for the season whatever it takes to provide superior results. This promise is awarded them an industry-leading consumer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade the Cesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito-free. That is Mosquito Shield. Make sure you sign up and tell them Sports Talk with RNJ sent you and you'll get a discount. So make sure you sign up for Mosquito Shield. But for the first time since 1995, the Atlanta Braves won the World Series as they not, as they beat the Houston Astros uh, four games to two. And give them credit, they beat the Astros in every facet of the games. They're, they're, on off, offensively, they, they, they definitely outhit the Astros in this series. Uh, Jorge Solar was outstanding. He, he definitely deserved to be the MVP because he set the tone. Had the, right off the bat, he hits that game, he gets that, hits that home run in game one. And then in game four, with, with the game tied 2-2 in the seventh, he hits a home run. And then last night, he sets the tone. It's a three-run homer. He definitely deserved to be the MVP. Also, Dansby Swanson had a really big series. He had that home run in game four. Had that home run hit that home run last night, too, to put the Braves up 5-0. Pretty much put the game away. Austin Riley had a big series, too. He had that, he had that, he had that, hit, in a, he had that hit in game three. Uh, Freddie Freeman had a home run last night. He had a good series, too. He had, Riley and Freeman hit over 300. And then the starting pitching. Ian Anderson didn't give up a hit in game three, as we said. We thought, you know, when Charlie Morton got hurt, the the, Ast- the Astros uh the Astros uh had the advantage. 
with their starting pitching, but that was, but, but I was wrong about that. Uh, Ian Anderson pitched, pitched really well. And, uh, and last night, Max Fried pitched a great game. He pitched set both did not give up an earned run Ian Anderson didn't, didn't give up a hit. So their starting pitching was good. And their bullpen, when their bullpen needed to be good, it was outstanding in game four with the opener, their bullpen was outstanding in game four. And then in game three, it was great too. After Ian Anderson pitched five innings, their bullpen completely shut down the Astros. So they beat the Astros in every phase of the game and they deserve to be world series champs. Yeah, absolutely. I see Hector Simon. Yeah, uh, beat him. Yeah, yeah, the break beat him with the long ball. Um, um, I forget how many home runs they had, but it's I think seventy five percent of the runs were like from the home run ball. Um, for the Braves, it was something like that. Like the Braves, the Braves got it done with the home run ball. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little They can uh, now they have not been able to do that since. Um, not been able to. Um. But yeah, like the Braves, it's it's you know, for the team too that under or you know going the All Star break, they're fifty five and fifty or forty four and forty five. They're not over five hundred till August sixth, and you know they're seven to one at home in the postseason. It was a team that an organization that kind of bought in with that. You know, you mentioned a few times, Steve, the last few weeks when we we're talking about the Braves. It's, you know, they're they're uh, mid season trade accusations. Um, you know, with all the guys that they had, or you know, with the ball coming in, Jorge Soler, um, um, Jack Peterson coming. You know, I know he didn't have a great series, but he did hit a couple of big home runs. Um, coming off the bench, Eddie Rosario, who did, he didn't have a great series. He had a great AL uh, NLCS and NLDS, but you know, guys just kind of stepped up around him in the World Series. But yeah, they'll kind of lose the pitchers like they did in Max Free Game Two. He really struggled, and even Game. Four, Five of the NLCS struggled. He comes out yesterday and he was unbelievable. You know, six shutout innings for him last night. Um, you know, seven K or six Ks only gave up four hits to that great Astros offense. He was unbelievable last night and they really needed him to step up and he did. It just shows that again, I hope more teams now kind of see when they're in third place, kind of towards the trade deadline, that they make a couple moves like this and, and try to get their team back into the World Series. You know, then they try to make a run here in the postseason. That'll make baseball even better. But yeah, you know, congrats to Braves. They've been the postseason 16 times since uh 95, and they finally got it done. They finally won one. Um, to my pick before the before the uh, beginning of the year. And I didn't feel good about it after Cooney got hurt. And I thought Mike Soroka was gonna pitch a little bit this year. So uh, for what the Braves have done and what they battled through, great resilience by this team. I'm happy for you know Freddie Freeman and Alex um Andopoulos too, you know, the GM here. Finally get it, especially Freeman, because um, he's a guy that goes, I think, very underrated in baseball. Um, he's one of the best hitters in the sport, and he, he deserves a ring along with the rest of that team. Earth to high and bloom. This is what you do at the trade deadline. This is why you improve your team. This team was 44 and 45. They could have easily been sellers at the trade deadline, but the NL East wasn't great this year, and they made moves. They addressed their needs. They addressed their needs. Unlike the Red Sox, it didn't address their bullpen or their rotation. They addressed their needs. They went at they went after, you know, Jorge. They went out, they went out and got Jock Peterson right after Acuna got hurt. Then they went out and got Eddie Rosario and Jorge Salar and Adam Duvall. Duvall carried them through the second half of the season. And then the two MVPs of the, both their series, Eddie Rosario, MVP of the NLCS, Jorge Salar, MVP of the World Series. This is why the Braves are a top-tier organization and the Red Sox are, are, are second tier with the Yankees. Because this team improved at the trade deadline. That's that's why the trade deadline is the most impactful in baseball, because you can improve your team. The Atlanta Braves proved that. They lost a player like Ronald Acuna. 
and they brought in uh, three, three or four outfielders to replace to replace him and Marcelo Zuna, who they lost earlier in the season too. This is why you improve your team at the trade deadline. Outstanding job by Alex Entropolis to to improve this team, and this is why this Braves team is going to be very, very good for years to come. For what for 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 for, for, uh, for with having this with having this general manager because he improved this team at the trade deadline and he did an outstanding job. Oh, absolutely, yes, he did, and you know now they they got to resign Freddie Freeman now. Hopefully, they do that. I assume they'll come to some agreement. But yeah, you know, you still you're gonna have Soroka back next year. They signed Charlie Morton back too for next year. You know, so they're gonna have him back in the rotation. Ian Anderson and Max Fried are still really young pitchers too. So. Yeah, you know, this great team's going to be a tough out. I believe, like, Soler, even Duvall, um, Peterson, like, all those guys are free agent. I would assume Ozuna's gone. I, I would assume been, he deserves to be gone for, you know, I, he'll never probably play in another major league game. So, they'll probably, I would assume, they'll try to bring back Soler and Peterson and Rosario because I think all four of those guys are free agents now. Or, no, Rosario actually may have one more year of – um arbitration because the twins got rid of him so he may have he may still be arbitration eligible eligible um because if that's the case fifth year yeah he's yeah so he'll be back you know um getting arbitration so you know having him back because he's big post there so yeah the Braves should be able to be in a nice spot because that rents a division who knows what's going on with the Mets right now they can't find anybody right now the Phillies are mediocre nationals I think are gonna be better and then the Marlins will see. It sounds like they want to spend in the offseason, but we'll see. So, yeah, the Braves should be one of the contenders, and it should be right up there. And the team that, you know, and Acuna Jr. should be healthy in the spring. So, he should be ready to go. So, yeah, I think this Braves team's definitely next year, definitely one of the favorites going into uh, next April right now. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And now we got to go what went wrong for the Astros. And Hector made a decent point there. They can't win without cheating. And, they got to the World Series, but they didn't. And their and, and their offense, I think the I think the biggest I think the, 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 I think you know the I think the the offense was not great in the series. I mean, they had some games where they scored nine runs and they scored seven runs, but Altuve didn't have that good of a series. Brantley had definitely had the best series of any of them. Correa was okay. Alvarez was absolutely terrible. Aguriel was okay. Bregman was pathetic. That's why they moved him down the lineup. Their lineup. Looking at this series going into it. You thought maybe the Braves had the better rotation, but the Astros had the bullpen in the lineup. But the bull, the lineup was not as good as the Braves, and that was and that was proven. The Braves out hit them, and then the bullpen. They had a two to one lead in 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 they were they had a two one lead in game uh in 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 game four. And game four, I think was this was the game where the series was lost for the Astros because they couldn't hold on to that lead, and they eventually ended up losing that series. And their bullpen gave up game four, and then their starting pitching, which was really an issue in the Boston series too. I mean. The start, uh, Framer Valdez was absolutely terrible in this series. Uh, uh, your your Keedy probably had the best start when he went five innings. Granke wasn't great. Garcia wasn't great. And and, Gar- and I think Garcia, who pitched last night, he wasn't great last night. wasn't great last night either. Their starting pitching was not as good as the Braves. The Braves completely outpitched them. So they were just completely outplayed. They, they probably were the better team. But the funny thing about baseball is in these six games, they were outplayed by the Braves. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so they were. And uh, Texas comments, they have to win at home, you know, 3-9 all-time Minute Maid Park in the World Series. Yeah, they, they you know, that that's crazy to think about because uh, – Yeah, and, and, and our man Hector Velasquez co- – Yeah, our man Hector Velasquez coming up with those stats, and, and he's completely right. And I, I I don't use 2005. I'll throw 2005 out of there because it was a different team. But 2017, they were better in 2017. They went two and run. But the, the, the real stat is 
they've been I think they've been one, I think one, one, one in six one in six the last uh one in six the last six out of their last seven World Series games they've lost at home that's the biggest reason why they lost these last two World Series these last two uh, World Series is they could not win at home and I wouldn't have imagined this when they beat the Yankees four times in 2017. But we know why yeah. that probably happened. We kind of know. We don't need to get into that. We know why that probably happened. Yeah, well, we do. And in 19, actually, I remember listening to the Nationals pitching coach. They changed all their signals, too, on the Ashes in 19 because they knew they they knew something was up. So when they went to Na- the uh, Minute Maid Park, they changed all their signs. So that's probably why they couldn't win at home because their, their technology, whatever you know, whatever they were doing, their trash can or whatever, weren't, weren't working because, you know, they changed up all the signals on them every game. So, um and that's probably one of the problems they couldn't win at 19 at home. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, and it's, and I think, you know, they had a lot of young guys in that rotation, as you mentioned, that struggled. They, they really hurt, you know, I know they had Granky, but he's not the same guy. It hurt, it really hurt that they lost McCullough because that's kind of the shutdown guy that's kind of been there before. You know, I think that it was really huge. hurt. That was, a huge, that was a huge loss. And we debated last week with the loss of Morton or McCullough's hurt. It definitely was the loss of McCullough's. Because McCullers would have pitched game one. And say he pitches really well in game one, there's a very good chance the Astros are up 2-0 going to Atlanta. And then, you know, say they and then they win a game in Atlanta. So they were up three three two. And then Atlanta's facing elimination. The McCullers lost in the Boston series in the Boston series. I thought it might hurt, but it didn't end up hurting because Valde- Valdez pitched really, really well in, 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 in game five. And and the Ast- and and uh the Astros end up winning Game Six, so so the, so that loss didn't really hurt them in the Boston series, but in this series, it completely hurt them. That I think was one of the biggest reasons they didn't win that series. They didn't have Lance McCullers. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, because they were able to get through it. You know, after the second start, um, Valdez had pitched really well in the Boston series, and I believe it was Urquidy. One of the areas, either Urquidy or Garcia, that pitched really well in Game Six that night. You know, sealing the win. But yeah, like it was kind of inconsistency with those three guys and. Yeah, I completely agree. McCullers was just such – it was with the bare loss. They just didn't really have that shutdown guy. Because Freed's kind of a guy that can be an ace. And, you know, they're they they you know they're so banged up in your know, rotation and Freed kind of struggled up to that point, um, you know, his last two starts. But, yeah, it was great last night. Like, he was able to kind of be the shutdown guy. And, yeah, the lineup, like, you know, game, um, game five, like Martin Maldonado really shoved up, stepped up for them. You know, like they didn't really have – the other guys really step up around, you know, most of those guys really did struggle um, besides really Brantley, like Jordan Alvarez only had like three or four hits in the entire series. He, he was really shut down the entire time. So yeah, this whole kind of lineup really just, it was not as big of an impact as we thought. And the Braves pitched so well. And I figured though the bullpen arms there have to uh, pitch in the series that the Astros after a while, we're going to kind of catch on to them and then kind of, hit them hard, but they, they never really did besides really game five. It's really the only offensive onslaught they had in the, in the series. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we wrap up one final question, it's about the two free agents, which free agent do you think it's more, I think it's pretty obvious, which free agents more likely to sign with this team. I definitely think it's Freddie Freeman. He's older. The team has won the world series. So I think there's more of an urgency to come back and win another one. I, I think he's more likely to take a hometown discount. I think Correa is going to want 36 Th- th- uh, like 40, 40 to 35 to 40 million. He's going to go to whatever team pays him because I think he's going to be mad that, that they lost the World Series and he's younger. So he's going to want to cash in and get his money. So I think it's pretty obvious that Freddie Freeman is more likely to sign with his team than Carlos Correa is with his. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I think Freddie Freeman, yeah, I think they're going to figure out – there's no way that they're not going to figure out a deal for Freddie Freeman. He just made the play in Atlanta. Like, you could just see, like, they, you know, he's beloved in that city. Um, there's no question about it. I, I do think he, he may, he'll probably take a home down discount because uh, he is – he's getting out – he's 30 – uh, 32, 32 so 32. yeah 32 so yeah like a four or five year deal you know I, I could see probably happening there I, I yeah I think they'll find a way to keep him there's no way that Atlanta Braves are going to let him lose especially now that they just won a World Series um, I, I that fan base will go ballistic because he's so beloved in that city um, and you can tell he, he loves playing with the Braves so yeah I think Freddie Freeman is the more likely one that's going to get done here all right, we'll see what happens in the offseason. It should be very interesting. But the rankings are out. The first uh, CFB ra- CFP rankings are out in college football. And we'll, But before we talk about them, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. The college football season is coming back, and we got you covered on every game. We're breaking it down on each snap all season long. Catch us every week starting on August 4th. Joe McGuire, Sean Scanlon, Jace Garcia, and yours truly, Obi Muniz, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at hhwshow.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's all four downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. So the rankings are out. The first official college football rankings are out. And uh, we'll, we'll go over the top four first. George, Georgia being number one. Obvi- that's obvious. Alabama, I'm not surprised there at number two. Three and four surprised me. Michigan State surprised me. I thought they'd be in the top six, but Michigan State surprised me. I mean, yes, they did have that huge win over Michigan, but they definitely surprised me being three. And the team that definitely surprised me was Oregon being four. I don't think they should be four. This team lost to Stanford. I think they should at least – at minimum, be six or I think they should be. Uh, I would say at least at, at minimum. I think they should be. They should be number six. I think they. I think they should be six. I know you know they 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 only have one loss and they beat Ohio State. But you know now the committee wants to say head to head matters after you know in 2016 when Penn State beat Ohio State they didn't put them in. So now now it matters. So I don't. I, I did not agree with three and four. My what I thought coming into the night was I thought Georgia was going to be one, Alabama two, Ohio State three, and Oklahoma four. And we'll get to Oklahoma. That's Totally disrespectful. I don't know what the committee's watching with Oklahoma, but 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 uh, but but Justin, what are what's your reaction to the top four? Um, give me back. Uh, well, my reaction to four, yeah, Georgia obviously number one. Bama, uh, I, again, I, I I'm I'm not surprised. I didn't think they should be ranked number two, but I'm not surprised. Michigan State number three. I my explanation for this is the committee wants Michigan State to run the table and kind of say. See, we 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 told you that Michigan State's is good, or if they kind of lose a game or two, oh well, you know we'll, we'll throw it back. Um, you know, like I think you know Oregon number four, they should have never lost to Stanford. It was a terrible PI call. They should have won the game outright. And then Joe Moorhead wasn't there. They lost their top running back. Like you know, they haven't been playing great. But I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I know head to head really bad in this one, but they change their rules every year. Like, you know, 14, I think it was Alabama they got in because of game control, whatever it was. You know, some years did the eye test. You know, it's, you know, I'm okay with it. I don't think Bama should be that high because the last time we saw Alabama, they were up by seven with 10 minutes left in Tennessee. Like, and their defense is not very good. Yeah, they're bowling teams out, but 
I worry about their defense. So I guess I'm not totally shocked to see Alabama two, but it's like, well, we're kind of handing them win to a three loss Mississippi State team that's in there at 17, which is ridiculous. But again, that's that's what it is. It's SEC bias, so it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could say that, but I just feel like right now, out of all these teams, I still think Alabama is the second best team in the country. I know this isn't a there's a year where it's a dominant team, and I do feel like Alabama is second, but the second best team in the country. But going over the rest of the top, the, the rankings, and, and outside below 15, it doesn't even matter because that's irrelevant. None of those teams are gonna are gonna make the playoffs, and even at 15, BYU has no chance. You really right now have 14 teams fighting fighting for four spots. Really, 14 teams. And that's being generous. That's being generous to Baylor, Oklahoma State. If one of those two wins the somehow wins the Big Twelve, that's being even generous to Texas A and M because Texas A and M I still feel like has an outside cool. shot at, at making it because if they if they beat Auburn and say Auburn A and M and uh, and Alabama in a, in a three way tie, they would get to the SEC championship game. But that's a long shot because they still got to beat Ole Miss and, and and Auburn this week. So that's really a, that, that's a real long shot. But it, but if somehow that happens, they would play a Georgia in the in the SEC title game. But uh, looking at looking at these rankings. Um, I would say I would obviously I, I, my top four would have been Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, uh, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and uh, and and Oklahoma at number four. I think Oklahoma at number eight is absolutely ridiculous. This committee has not watched this team with Caleb Williams. This team has been a different team with Caleb Williams, and they should be judged on the way Caleb Williams is playing. I think that's total disrespect with the fact Oklahoma is number eight. So I would have had Oklahoma top four. I would have number five. I, number five, I would have uh, I'd have Michigan State. Number no, no no number five, I would have Michigan State. Number six. I would have uh, since I would have uh, Oregon. Then I would have Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I'm, I'd have them at number seven. I'm sorry, they just haven't impressed me the last two weeks. They haven't played a they haven't played a good schedule. They haven't impressed me the last two weeks. I know they beat Notre Dame, but I don't think Notre Dame's great either this year. I think they're they're top ten, but I don't think they're great either this year. Number eight, I would have Michigan. Number nine, I would have Wake Forest. They're undefeated. And then number ten, this is going to surprise you. I would have Auburn because Auburn. If you look at their losses. They only, they only, they're only lot. Their one of their losses was to Georgia, but their other loss was to Penn State when Sean Clifford was healthy in Happy Valley. That's a tough game, and I you got to give them credit for scheduling that game. So that's why I would have Auburn in the top ten. I know it's, it's probably a surprise you, but I have Auburn in the top ten. I'd have Notre Dame at eleven. I'd have Oklahoma State twelve, Baylor thirteen, and uh, Texas A&M at fourteen. That's my that's that's what I think of the rankings. Justin, your thoughts on the rest of the rankings? My so my coming or so. For me, before I get to like my top 14 here, um, yeah, I know Cincinnati's right there at six. Okay, I know they haven't played great the last weeks. I know we had a discussion about this last night, but I don't think they're getting any va- – like they're purposely, I feel like, trying to keep Cincinnati out as much as possible because how are SMU and Houston not – or at least Houston. How is – they're at six and one. They just beat SMU at home on a Saturday night. Like they are yeah, they, really they, trying to keep – I think they should well, be ranked ahead of like Wisconsin, who has three losses. Yes, Minnesota lost to Bowling Green. Have you seen yeah, Minnesota's Minnesota schedule? Minnesota's a joke. <laughs> Iowa would have three. Iowa would have would have three losses if Sean Clifford was healthy. Yeah, and Iowa lost. Yeah, Iowa lost convincingly in both those in both those games. To, and both their loss to Purdue and Wisconsin, they lost convincingly, and their offense did nothing. Yeah. No, they they haven't the last two weeks. It's ridiculous. Minnesota's best win right now is. I, I, it's probably either Nebraska or Maryland. That's Minnesota's best win, and they're in 20th. Come on now. It's ridiculous. But Houston and SMU are right. Yeah, Iowa too. Iowa has no absolute offensive identity. It's ridiculous that they're still sitting there. Even Mississippi State at 17. They lost to Memphis. 
Yeah, they won on the road, but they lost to Memphis. Like, losses to the committee, as long as you lose close, do not matter. It doesn't matter. And, uh, you know, so, which I think well, is But they're inconsistent because Ohio State's, Ohio State's loss to Oregon matters. So that, that the, that's the inconsistency yeah. of this committee. Yeah, because the head-to-head. But, yeah, the head-to-head. Um, yeah, and I know, but, like, Ohio State, too, kind of, when they, they, they looked a lot better since then. I, I will say that they have. Because Oregon, too, they were missing Thibodeau that day. They were missing their best defensive player, and they still won that game. Uh, he's probably the best player in the country as but, well. But, so. but, but, but they also lost to Stanford. That, that was their loss. That's a terrible loss to lose to a three-win team. I know Stanford's well-coached, but they lost to a three-win team. They should have won, though. That P.I. was atrocious call. That, that was ridiculous. That was not P.I. He didn't, t- he, he didn't even talk. Um, the cornerback didn't even really t- touch him. Um, you know, they're kind of fighting towards like, – uh, I, I thought it was ridiculous. Kind of, that should have been a no call at the end of the game. Like, they should have won that game. They don't go to OT. And then they kind of got – there was another bad call in OT that they got against them. So, you know, like I, I, I have a hard time holding it against them. They should have won. Yeah, they should have probably beat them by more, but they didn't have their OC there at the last second because of a medical emergency. Um, I see Jason uh, comments. Yeah, the close odds don't matter, but close wins are counted against you with Oklahoma and Cincinnati. Yeah, and yeah, it's true. yeah, you know, because um, I was in. Were you gonna say I'll, you can go? No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Right. You go ahead. Okay, so for Oklahoma, the only thing because yeah, they've looked different with Caleb Williams, but let's not forget the Kansas on the road. You were losing for the first forty-five minutes of that game, and they should have in. That was the smartest play I've ever seen a freshman quarterback make was take the ball away from the throwing back because who knows, after that, Kansas may have gone in and scored a touchdown and won that game. So, you know, yeah, you know, like, but, again, this is Oklahoma's bulk of the schedules after the pie is Baylor, Iowa State, and at Oak State. Like, again, like, they run the table, they'll be in. They're going to jump Cincinnati. The committee's not putting Cincinnati undefeated. They're, they'll put two loss Alabama in front of Cincinnati, which if they do – I, I, I'm I'm going back to the computers. I'm done with their dumb bias rankings. It's 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 ridiculous. Because um, I'll because I, I think since then I will get jumped by somebody if they run the table, and I think you know, that team will be OU. Yeah, you know, but because yeah, because it's you know because I don't get it. Because yeah, it's like it does seem like losses don't matter, but if you win, it, it always seems like it's better to lose close than it is to win close. It really yeah, does exactly. seem like yeah. that matters. Yeah. And yeah. a win's a win. That's what I've learned. A win is a win. And so, I, you know, but I, I just – you don't know. And their criteria changes every week. So, I, I, I really do not know what to think here. Uh, all I know is they really try to – you know, they, again, I, I just cannot see Cincinnati making it in the top four. I just can't. Unfortunately, I want to see them in because – It'll be better games, but they get they have 20 starters back and they gave Georgia a run for the money last year. So you even want to go back to last the sugar bowl last year? Cincinnati, you know, gave Georgia all they could handle last year. So I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get really and I should understand why the committee does it, but because it's all money, it's all about money. But you want to make your sport better, put some new fresh blood in there because people are tired of the same old four teams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, it's just they're very inconsistent, surprising. Oklahoma was disrespected. 
but we'll see what happens next week with the committee. But we'll get to the, we'll get to the games, and uh, we'll start with the game in North Carolina between Wake Forest and uh, and UNC. I think this is a close, high scoring game, but I feel like Sam Hartman pulls the. I mean, I feel like Sam Hartman pulls the upset. I think he's been disrespected. I, I don't know why Sam Hartman has not been on draft boards. He's draft eligible. I don't. I don't. I don't know why he's not been on. You know, enough draft draft boards. I, don't, I haven't seen him on. I think he's had a great year for Wake Forest. He's carried this Wake Forest team, and I think Wake Forest goes into to Chapel Hill, and they pulled the upset, and they remain undefeated. Yeah, I get week two, 41-37. Now, this is a non-conference game, so even if they lose, it doesn't go against some of winning the Atlantic just because of conference realignment. Um, you know, with the seven teams out, it's only eight games in division. They weren't – it was like the last time they played with Jeff 15. I think the next time they play again is like 2023. So they want – because it's a rivalry game, they wanted to kind of – Oh, so this game doesn't going. go against – they don't. this doesn't go Not against their conference, conference record? Game. No, that's it's great. That's, but they're in the same conference. Yeah. That's crazy. It's kind of, that's crazy. That's, that's, that's a disappointment in conference realignment. You lose kind of regional rivalry like this, you know, because North Carolina's uh, protected rival in the Atlantic Division is NC State. Wake Forest is Duke. So, um, And if they can't play each other every year because then that takes away – you're not playing any of the teams in the opposite, the opposite um, division. So Because you only get two games a year against the other division. So – that's why they did it home and home. They played last year as well. Um, but anyways, in this game, I, I do, you know, Sam Hartman in this team is very underrated. Uh, it's a very fast tempo offense. Um, Robertson's had a really nice year wide receiver. I think he's had 37, 36 catches, 37 catches, something like that. Uh, explosive, and it's a very explosive offense. It's a very – I think they're the fastest pace. All, they run like three plays a minute. Um, you don't really have time to sub, get, you know, new guys out there. Um, I think Sam Hartman plays well. I think Wake Forest does feel disrespected by everybody. This is going to be a tough one. I think it's going to be a total shootout. I think Sam Hart Howell plays well um, in this game. But also, Wake Forest is the last team and since the AP poll came about in 1939 to ever be ranked in the top ten. So now every Power 5 team has been ranked in the top ten at least once. I thought that was a pretty cool stat. Um, but Clawson 7-11 in November, they haven't won more than two games in any of the seasons. He's done a very nice job. He's been very underrated. He's done a, you know, it's a tough place to, you know, coach at Wake Forest, but I think they get it done. I think, that, you know, North Carolina, I don't know if they pack. I thought they played well in North Carolina or Nordine last week. They had a couple of turnovers. They were the difference in that game. Their defense really struggled once again. I think their defense struggles again this week. I'll take the Demon Deacons to win on the road. You got the Buckeyes traveling to Lincoln to face the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and I think this is going to be a blowout. I think Ohio State wins by two or three scores. I don't trust Scott Frost, and I think Ryan Day's team wins big over Nebraska. I actually in the Brad team they came this thing close. I got 38-27. Now you loved you loved to back you loved to back Scott Frost. I don't know why I do. Trust me, I I don't know why I do. But I, I feel very bad because in his press conference last week, he looks like a broken man that has no answers, and I do feel for him. He's now 5-18 and 18 in games decided by less than eight points. All six losses this year have been decided by eight points or less. They can't pull out a win. And then he's now 15-26 in the Big Ten and 6-15 and 15 versus Big Ten West opponents. He's really struggled. I don't even if they fire him. I don't know who they bring in. It's going to turn this thing around. That that's the thing. I don't know who's going to fix Nebraska. It's not, not Scott Frost. I don't think, and I don't know if there's anybody out there for him. Uh, but anyways, about this game, I think they keep it close. I think Nebraska has talent. Again, they lost by a touchdown to Oklahoma. They could have won that game. They should have beat Purdue last week. They had three. And Adrian Martinez in the second half. He's 
that's one of his issues. I don't think his backup quarterback's hurry. I haven't seen enough from him that I could really judge if that's a better option or not. But Martinez, I think he's just too loyal to. And he, he's just been so bad at times. He's And I, I just don't understand why. Their defense has played well in Nebraska, and I think their defense keeps them in it. I think their offense does enough against Ohio State in this game. Ryan, even though Ryan Day said it's, it's you know, he compared it to Mark Madness. It's surviving advance right now for the Buckeyes. I assume they play a lot better this week. But I think Nebraska has some talent. They just have zero idea how to win a game. I, I think they they keep this thing close for a while, and Ohio State kind of pulled away towards the end. Uh, 38-27, uh, Buckeyes won. Gotcha. We'll stay in the Big Ten as the number th- as it as the third ranked team in the country. Michigan State travels to Purdue to f- travels uh, to West Lafayette to face Purdue. And ca- the, the question is, can Purdue beat another undefeated team? They did it with Iowa, but Iowa's not Michigan State. And I do think that Purdue keeps it close, but I just think Kenneth Walker's going to be too much on the ground. He's going to have another huge day. That's why I think he's the front runner to win the Heisman Trophy. And I got Michigan State winning by double digits over Purdue. Really? I got the giant killer in Purdue winning this game, 30 to 24. Now, this is a tweet. No. Yeah. No, wow. Really? Wow. What tweet did you see? This is a tweet from Chris Felicia of the Bear, you know, on game that if you take if you t- took the lowest in-game win probability for Michigan. State versus Miami, it was 18.3%. Indiana was at 49.8%. Nebraska, 6.4%. And Michigan, 7.7%. It would give it would have given Michigan State a 0.05% chance of winning all four games. Again, at, one, at some point, they cannot get lucky. And Purdue, now I know they're not a top uh, – the stat, it's – you know, since the AP poll came about, Purdue has nine wins against – um, AP top two teams as an unranked foe, which is the most in college football. I know they're not ranked top two, but I think it does show that this team's not afraid. Even with Jeff Brom, you saw him blow out Ohio State a few years ago. I think they win this game. I think this is a week. It's a letdown week for Michigan State. Kenneth Walker has been unbelievable, those five touchdowns, and they were not all from the one-yard line. They were pretty decent runs. David Bell, one of the most underrated wide receivers in the entire country. He had 11 catches and 240 yards against Iowa. I think he have a big day. Yeah, yeah. Secondary I, that. So you think, so you think he will be the difference to, 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 to get, he, you think he will be the guy that will help Purdue, to, but he will be the guy that will help Purdue beat Michigan State. Yeah, absolutely. I think he has some big plays in this game. Michigan State secondary is not great. They start to run, but Purdue doesn't run the ball. I think Aiden, um, Aiden O'Connell's been playing better. I think they won this game through the air. Purdue's defense has played pretty well this year. I think they keep him a check, and I think that Purdue at home, it's a letdown spot for Michigan State here. I'm going to take the Boilermakers to win this game, 30-24. Um, wow, wow, wow. I'm the shocked you just picked against Michigan State. I'm shocked, but I'll be texting you if you're right again with Purdue. All right. We'll, we'll see what happens there. You did pick Michigan State last week, though, to beat Harbaugh, so we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what ends up happening here. But we got a we'll get to the Big Twelve now. We we got a matchup in Morgantown as Oklahoma State heads to West Virginia to face the Mountaineers, and I think Oklahoma wins. Oklahoma State stays in the race uh, to win the Big Twelve, and I think they win it by a touchdown over West Virginia. Yeah, I got uh, Oak State here on the road, 27-21. Tough place to go to Morgantown and win a game, um, but I think as long as Spencer Sanders keeps care of the ball and you know doesn't commit a lot of turnovers. I think they should be able to win this game. Um, I think it's going to come down to what team kind of, you know, can Oklahoma State get the wrong game going against West Virginia, which I think they'll be able to. Um, you know, West Virginia last week played really well against Iowa State, especially offensively. They're at uh, um, you put pretty well last week, 340 yards, uh, a couple of touchdowns. 
Um, Oklahoma State's defense a lot better than Iowa State has been lately. So I think Oklahoma State makes some stops in this game. But um, I, I think I think Oklahoma State finds a way to win this game. But I would not be shocked to see the Mountaineers pull this one out at home. Um, they've been playing a little bit better the last few Mountaineers have. We will stay in the Big 12 as Baylor faces TCU. And I think Baylor wins this game. And obviously, Gary Patterson, he stepped away this week. I think Baylor wins this game and wins it by a couple scores. I got Baylor staying in the Big 12 race just like I do with Oklahoma State. I got Baylor winning by two scores. Yeah, I got Baylor up 38-28 winning this game. Um, I quick kind of on here, Gary Patterson. He built that program. They're not in the Big 12 without him. Uh, They're supposed to be a pretty good team this year. They're supposed to fight for the Big 12. You know, the first year of the college football playoff, um, they got they got absolutely um, you know they won fifty five to three and they dropped three spots. So you know it's a team that inaugural year could have been right there in the college football playoffs. And I see Hector the yeah, Sikkim Bears they they've been playing really well. I've been I thought Texas was knock them off last week. They found a way to win. Um, they were the better team. I think TCU cannot stop the run. They have no defensive identity whatsoever. Which I thought their defense was going to be pretty good this year. A lot of other people did too. This their defense is horrific, and I think Baylor runs all over them. Um, I think Gary he plays well. Um, I think TCU can kind of get it going as well in their running game, but um, TCU has given up at least 240 rushing yards the last three weeks, so I just don't see how TCU can keep up with the Baylor Bears. I think they're going to be able to run all over them. Um, I think TCU will have success on the ground as well, but not enough to beat Baylor, and I think they keep rolling on. We got a huge, huge game in the SEC between uh, Texas A&M and Auburn. I think this this might this is the game of the day. These are two teams that still have their very slim chances, but still have a chance to get to the college football playoff. Obviously, this is this is a playoff game because whoever loses is is out of it. It's, it's definitely done. These are two two lost teams, but we we told you the scenario. I told you the scenarios uh, when we were going over the playoff system that you know if Texas A and M could beat Auburn and they could beat uh, Alabama, then they did beat Alabama and they wind up in a three way tie. They're going to play Georgia for the SEC title, and if Auburn can can uh, win out and and beat Alabama, they're going to play Georgia for the SEC title game. So these are two teams that still have a shot at the college football playoff. I think this is a close competitive game. But I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with the better coach team with Jimbo Fisher. I think Isaiah Spiller's the difference. I think he gets enough yardage on the grounds. I think Texas A&M's defense contains uh, big speed. They forced Bo Nix to make a mistake. Bo Nix has played better on the road. We all know he's struggling. He's not as good on the road as he is at home. That's why I got Texas A&M winning this game and ending Auburn's hopes to make the college football playoff. I've been picking against Auburn every week. Every time we talk about it, I'm picking against <laughs> them every week. But I, I'm, I've kind of learned my lesson here. I'm going to take the Auburn Tigers this week. I got a 27-23 going on the road. Um, I think maybe that buy two for the Aggies that they just come off of, maybe not the best time as they finally started to kind of get an identity with the running game, um, play action. But Zach Calzada was really starting to kind of pan out. But Auburn, Bo Nix has two um, interceptions in there. That's it. Nine touchdowns, two interceptions. That's – and it's been because it takes big, big speed, running the football, play action. Uh, Brian Hartson, I didn't really think was going to be that great of a hire, but so far it's, it's pinned out well. I guess that's usually what happens with Auburn hires in five, year four or five. It's They, they usually run their course, but so far he's worked out. Um, um, I'm going to trust – I trust Bo Nix more than I do Zach Calzada. I think Auburn's defense makes a couple plays in this game, you know, forces a couple turnovers. Spiller's been really good if they could slow down that. Um, I think Auburn secondary can make a play or two because, again, I don't like – you know, outside of um, Jalen Wattemeyer, 
I don't really like any AM's wide receivers in this game. I don't think they can make a, you know, very possibly they make a big player too, but I like the way Auburn's playing. I'll take teams, big, big speed, Bo Nix to do enough offensively, and I'm going to take the Auburn Tigers to go on the road and win this game. We'll stay in the SEC. We got LSU traveling to Bama. We talk about this game every year, so we'll talk about it this year, but the Bama should win this being big. This should be a blowout. I got Bama winning this by four scores. I got LSU keeping this in close. I got 45-27. Um, again, I cannot stand Alabama's secondary. I don't think it's that good. I think this is Nick Saban's worst defense for two, since 2007. This is his first year. I this, de- this defense would be pretty good. I know they've been banged up at times, but Tennessee, it's a very big place. If LSU Florida comes out almost, fighting for it. Yeah, Florida almost beat them. Yeah, Florida almost beat them too. Yeah, Florida was, and you could say yeah. they struggled on the road, but they struggled with Tennessee at home for, for, a, for yeah. a part of that game. They did. That's why I don't really agree with them being number two, but it is what it is. Um, you know, so I think if, if LSU comes out of this game fighting for Ed Orgeron, then I definitely think LSU keeps this game close because I think Max Johnson makes a couple big plays. Um, they, they hit some big plays. I know they're missing the top wide receiver, um, Bowdy, but again, I, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball much in this game, but I think Matt Johnson can make some plays in this game. I don't think LSU is going to get a lot of stops in this game, but if LSU, I think LSU can pick, you know, can uh, come out and, and keep up with them for a little bit, not for 60 minutes, but um, I think they do enough. Bryce Young's been playing really well for the Tigers. Uh, Brian Robinson's really getting the running game going, but you know, if, if LSU doesn't come out and they don't care at all, then they're kind of fed up with Ordron. Who knows? They could lose this game by 50, but I expect them to come out, play hard this game, and I think they keep it competitive. We'll wrap up talking about Oregon and Washington, and I think Oregon wins this game by a couple scores. I saw Washington earlier in the season against Michigan. They're absolutely terrible. I think Washington, I think Oregon with, with uh, Anthony Brown gets rushing yards, gets a couple passing yards. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is a big game, and, and, uh, and Sewell at linebacker is a big game. I got Oregon winning this by two scores. Yeah, I get the Ducks win this one 31-20. Uh, Washington head coach Jimmy Lake on Monday was kind of – somebody asked him about, is Oregon your biggest kind of recruiting rival? And he said no because we um, we battle for more of the academic prowess schools with Notre Dame, USC, Notre Dame, USC, and um, Stanford. Like, uh, you know, he kind of dissed please. Oregon there. And yeah, I didn't please. think well, – I, I don't think of Washington on that kind of academic level with those three, but – I don't know. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think Oregon's heard that Oregon's heard that message. And I think they come in very angry. They gave up 29 points to Colorado last week, but 14 of those or 15 of those came in the fourth quarter um, with the second stringers then. So I think Oregon wins this game. Anthony Brown, I thought looked really good last week. Um, Travis die right now, I think has a big game on the ground. Dylan Morris, the Washington quarterback right now, he's just not ready. They don't have a quarterback right now that's ready at for the Division One level. They really struggle to run the football, and I, I think Oregon shuts that down. I think Oregon wins this game, thirty-four to twenty. I just I can't see Washington doing a whole lot offensively in this game. I think they struggle here, and uh, on Saturday. We'll see what happens. Very interesting week, week 10 of the college football season. But that's going to wrap it up for – that's going to wrap it up on Sports Talk with R&J. For our producer, Jace Garcia, who did a great job. For Justin Anafrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about week 10 of the NFL season, week 11 of the college football season, and talking some UConn basketball. Have a great weekend, everyone.
Wire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.